0: Hello there, <laughs> you're listening to the quarter to three movie podcast for RoboCop. My name is Tom Chuck to discuss Robocop with you. I am here with Christian
1: Mokransky. I'm Christian Mokransky and this is the Mokransky quotient.
2: <laughs> and with a Robocop tagline, Kelly Wand. I wouldn't bleep this for a dollar. <laughs> Decent effort, Kelly Wand. I'll take it.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> Robocrap. Robocrap one When Dingus and I went to see uh RoboCop, he had to eject an Asian family.
2: Oh, it's a true story. Did he adopt the accent <laughs> so he could
0: commiserate with them? I don't know what he said. Out of my seat. Basically, that's what happened. Is he threw out? He threw an Asian family. I don't know if they left the theater. He's Twenty-four. I he, he totally ran them off. He, he almost forcibly like he he just ran them off. Dingus, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs>
1: I, I Without terrible. even thinking, I yelled, get out of my seat, white man, and they just looked at me like, we're not going to do that. And I said, oh, these are our seats, and then they left. <laughs> That's so terrible of you, Dingus. And I am um, a terrible person. Holy I that... And then one of them left a bunch of popcorn all over my chair. My chair! That I offering. paid for. It was an offering, Dingus.
2: Just uh. sit anywhere, white man. <laughs> Screet really big, Okay. <laughs>
0: The eye's big! Uh, Kelly Wad, have you been keeping up with Sayling's blog lately? Any of her blogs?
2: Uh, after the watermelon one, I kind of needed to take a break because it was getting too intense.
0: So just to let folks know, we, uh, Dingus was even dragged along on this. We've We've been Checking in with Bayling's blog, which is at officialbayling.com. com. Don't go to because
2: that's I that accent is Bayling from Crank High Voltage. Right, that's what I'm doing. So that's why we're looking at her <laughs> website now, Tom, just to fill in those blanks. Oh, me. I see. Right, right, exactly. And we're fans, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, are, we're we're official
1: fans. Don't look for us under any other fan names. But we're official fans. Yeah. No. Dingus it's, it's just say the race, not
2: Bayling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh
0: so, uh, Bayling was not in the movie we saw this week, unfortunately.
2: Wait, wait. What were you going to say about our website I, before I cut you off?
0: Nothing. I was just curious if you've been checking in with it.
2: It's, to, it's Tom's favorite blog. Oh, I thought you were going to read something from it.
0: No, uh, but I wouldn't mind if you would read a selection from com, Kelly Wand, at some point during this podcast. Not necessarily that. right now, but just I'll maybe. do it during a lull. It yeah, during a like lull. Something. Have that so, in your back pocket, as it were. Um, you know, uh, we would, I, we would love some input from bailing and her
2: second class citizen, Tom back pocket.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You know, just, just keep that in mind. Kelly
2: wand. Uh, things- never mind. What? Well, I was just going to say, it's like, it's not that it's an easy joke. It's that it's really stupid. It's just so you know. You're not racist, Tom, for laughing at me. Well,
0: I know. It's it's out of affection, too. I think her persona is outrageous and larger than life and a little ridiculous and in some ways offensive, but there's nothing
2: – Yeah. But I'm – I'm, right.
0: Being offensive doesn't necessarily bother me. I think there's, there's – No. For – Borderline offensive comedy, and uh, Bailing accommodates us.
2: I'll take the laugh at any price. And Stephen King has that quote where he says mm-hmm. he wants to terrify, and if he doesn't get that, he goes for horrify, and then the gross out. <laughs> so Bailing's my third bench. <laughs> so
1: Kelly Wan's tagline is, I'll take the laugh at any price. If I get a laugh even. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason for that accent on this podcast. There is, because talking... it makes Tom laugh. <laughs> when Tom right.
2: stops laughing, I'll stop
1: doing it. But I, It <laughs> seems to laugh. Ah, more, but... So Tom is your total enabler.
2: All right, I got it. Mm, well, because I know Tom's not racist, so if he's laughing at it, it's cool. <laughs> okay. I'll try to stop laughing. <laughs> You're welcome, Tom. What? <laughs> so... I'll try. I'm not uh, It's <laughs> Tom. You're All right, well, just, I'll have to read the from the Bailing website, and then we'll see if you don't want to. Okay,
1: that'll be, just, that's my challenge. Like, to you. you guys are like the scorpion and the frog. No one gets that Tom,
2: right. um, <laughs> What did we see this week? I think it's <laughs> totally different. All right,
1: so this week we saw Robocop,
0: a 2014 action-drama thriller movie, reboot, starring Jennifer Ailey. Is is that where you were going? Is that what you would have said? Metacritic
1: says it's at 100%. (laughs) and The the inverse of that is that Rotten Tomatoes says that it's 78% fresh with a 54% top critics rating. Things I heard during RoboCop. Things white people say (laughs) about movies. One time Tom went,
0: oh, that's so cool. Okay, let's get this podcast back on track by asking Dingus. So, Dingus, what did we see this week?
1: This week we saw RoboCop. Ah, 87 Oh, sorry, no, not eighty-seven. I see, I screwed up. Did Arkady. you watch the eighty-seven version?
0: I didn't, but I know someone in my household who did.
1: Hmm, that would be a foolish mistake.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... I didn't. I didn't recently. I've seen it. I've certainly seen it, and I believe it holds up. And I, I know someone yeah. in this household did recently
1: yeah. rewatch it. So I love that you haven't seen it recently and you believe it holds up <laughs>
0: you don't think it holds up? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it no, it's from it's not that. It's that oh, if you yeah. haven't seen it recently you can't very well say that it holds up oh you absolutely can
0: by recently I just mean in the last year or so but I've seen ah. RoboCop easily within the last three years I've, I've rewatched RoboCop I mean I might did I watch it for our Total Recall podcast uh, but I, I definitely That's have seen weird. RoboCop recently enough to know that it holds up I haven't seen it this week though that yeah. much I can say right, do, you well, really not, do you not think it holds up Dingus?
1: uh well, I, I think we should get to that later.
0: I, I, would like say, I would say I would concur with a friend of mine who, who posited this once, and I was like, nah, that's crazy talk. And then I rewatched it and decided he was right. I would say RoboCop is one of the great movies of the 80s. If you were to look at the defining movies of the 80s, RoboCop would definitely be one of them.
2: Uh, and I, just, I saw a poster for it, and I was like, that looks like the stupidest shit ever, which is what Paul Verhoeven thought. And he threw the script across to him, and then his wife did a carry and like rescued. goes, hey, it's kind of good. And then when I saw it, I was like, it's the funniest, most violent movie ever.
0: Wait, hold that. Hold
2: that. Dingus, whatever it um, do is. Do you think the 80s hold up? RoboCop uh, does. Wait, <laughs> the uh, wah, 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 wah. You like movies from the 50s that hold up that, that represent that decade?
1: I was asking if he thinks the decade itself holds up. I
2: don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't it's know Scott, what
1: that means
0: either. So, and I know you're trying to trap this. guy. So watch this, Both Kelly Watt, I'm going to turn this around on him. Here's my answer. Since I don't know what that means, here's my answer. Yes?
1: All right, here's he my answer. Is better than this decade. Here's my answer. Thank you, Senator. <laughs> um, what,
0: uh, I, real quick, I want to get back to that in a second, but I'm curious about something Kelly Wand said. Dingus, what does it mean when you said Paul Verhoeven's wife pulled a carry? I didn't say oh, that. No, no, I, sorry, I, uh, Kelly Wand, I confused you too. But so I think well. Dingus I meant it. to ask Kelly Wand. Uh, oh. Kelly Wand, what did you mean when you said Paul Verhoeven's wife pulled a carry? Because
2: no, Stephen King threw Kerry away while he was working on it. Or? Oh, okay. She's all, no, no, this is good. And then that made his fortune and everything. And then See, Paul Verhoeven's wife, it was it was Paul Verhoeven's first Hollywood movie. And so she he was like, RoboCop, the fuck are you doing to me, bitch? And then she grabbed it back. Like, okay, just, you, just,
0: you just, said that, My what I mentally thought is that maybe she was like telekinetic and she could lift it up with her mind and make things burst into flames. <laughs> I didn't really understand what – I didn't understand your metaphor. So you've explained it. Now I understand. Thank you.
2: Well, Tabitha King did it that way, but Paul Verhoeven's sort wife of used to. <laughs> Stephen King's wife's name is Tabitha. Yeah, yeah Tabitha a, King. She's, she's, a, she's, she's a writer. World,
0: bro. Yeah. She's a writer?
2: <laughs> yeah. His son's a writer and he, he makes her copy at it because she's better at it than he is.
0: Stephen King is married to a woman named Tabitha who's also a writer. Angus, yeah. Yeah. what do you think of this conversation? I what love it.
2: Tabitha? I own, <laughs> I I own about a about Tabitha. Tabitha King. King. Yeah, I read I only read the first one and it's kinda weird. Yeah. These people get shrunk in it, and one of them goes completely insane, and then that's the end of it. Shakespeare shakes like pee. I remember. You didn't read that one, Tom?
0: I've never read a Tabitha King book, I'm afraid. Uh-huh.
2: Sorry. I'm still working on
0: my Stephen King, Kelly Wand. Uh, but let's get to some movies. So, Dingus, uh, yeah, yeah. we did not it's see – I'm sorry to sidetrack up. us. We didn't see the 87 one that totally holds up, that is one of the defining movies of the 80s. I'm sure you'll agree. We'll get to that shortly. What did we see?
1: Uh, This week we saw RoboCop, a 2014 American action crime science fiction first-person shooter remake movie Mm. about the privatization of the American police force.
3: Mm.
1: (laughs) It's got a lot of themes. It was directed by Jose Padilla. Wait a minute. Hold
0: on. The Dirty Bomber?
1: Yep. What did he direct, though?
0: Did you guys realize? Because I I mentioned this guy's name before, and for some reason I knew in the back of my head it sounded weird. You know, he he has he shares a name with a guy who was famously incarcerated for for plotting to, to set off a dirty bomb in New York.
1: Just, yeah, but it's it's spelled differently, it's right? To, but
0: don't to, you to say, say them the Padilla, same?
2: Huh? Plotting, plotting, two D's or T's? Plotting, yes. He was. Oh, that's the right. bad one, right?
0: Uh, but you say them the same, don't you? Like I don't I don't know. Uh, I I think Jose Padilla, the dirty bomber, was I want to say. Puerto Rico, I don't know, but this guy's a Brazilian. Uh, I don't know. Do you say their names differently?
1: I w- I would think you would say Padilla the same way. I mean the and the cinematographer. I mean there's cinematographer is, is Lula Carvajo, and it's L H O, and you don't say Carvalho, right? So I would think Padilla, Padilla Carvajo. I don't know. I would think so. Okay,
0: oh, I just oh. I feel bad that he has the same name. You know, it's you know, it's like if if someone named Khalid Sheikh Mohammed directed a movie, you would think that's a little weird. <laughs> that's
2: a good point. He directed the Osama bin Laden found footage paranormal activity tie <laughs> that are coming out. Well, well, let's fast track that. I want to see. I'm going to weave all that shit together into nothing.
0: <laughs> all right. So anyway, Dingus, you said directed by Jose Padilla. Uh,
1: directed by Jose Padilla and written by Joshua Zet. Tumor, which could be the Zetumer, who knows? Is a tumor? He's an American dude. Uh, That's based what on,
2: thing, yes. No doubt about things. Based on the
1: 1987 screenplay by Edward Newmeyer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. And Michael Miner. Uh, oh. It stars Joel Kinnaman, mm. Gary Oldman, mm. uh, Michael Keaton, uh, Jackie Earl Haley, Jennifer Ely. Samuel mm. jackson and jay baruchel
2: <laughs> uh he's sammy Cornish.
0: i know how how about that i can't believe so but much rage.
2: He's, he's gonna take the corpus. bullet well his avatar was a <laughs> tip off we should have known but damn i wouldn't it's have true. predicted that it's a true story
1: i've never forgiven her for sucker punch sorry abby <laughs> <laughs> sweet sweet seniors. sweet pea indeed uh anyway, Robocop is rated P G yes. thirteen uh, for yeah. yes. intense sequences of action including frenetic gun violence throughout.
0: Frenetic it. gun violence frenetic. is a thing. Dude, awesome.
2: The word violence doesn't belong in that rating at all. <laughs> it's it's not just state. it's not just frenetic gun it's frenetic gun violence throughout. That does it. it's taser. It doesn't even shoot fucking guns. The whole thing's stupid. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> sorry.
1: Intense sequences of action, including frenetic gun violence throughout, brief strong language uh, – it doesn't say including bleeped um, – sensuality, and
2: some drug material. Doesn't brief strong language suggest that if it was – of longer duration, it would be getting a freer pass. Well, Jay
0: Baruchel did breathe a lot into the vowel on the f-bomb that he dropped. He gets
2: the only one. All right, it.
0: Well, there was one that was brief. Oh. yeah, definitely. It was a kind of a forgive me for saying this, but there was kind of a fuck quality yeah. it. It was. It wasn't. It was brief in the sense that it was a short word, but it was kind of drawn out.
1: But they there was also one. a there was also a damn 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 that should have been the f-word.
2: That's when, the new F-word.
1: When was the damn, 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 damn,
2: 60 F-word. If you go damn 60 times. <laughs>
0: that up. It piles up to one F-bomb. Uh, is, when was, was the damn, 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 damn?
1: I don't remember. I just remember somebody at the end going, damn, 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 and me thinking, oh, that would be that the That should F-bomb. have been an F-bomb. right? Was
2: yeah. it RoboCop? Damn.
1: No, it was not RoboCop.
0: Uh, all right, so RoboCop opened at uh, number three this week. Ah. Now, here's the... Thirteen. If you uh, didn't like RoboCop, you might be glad that it opened at number three. It, it came in behind the Lego Movie and uh, About Last Night. <sighs> oh, uh, yeah. However, it did again. Tom. It, it did beat Endless Love
2: and, yes! and, and
0: Winter's Tale. What? So, if you were cheering for RoboCop, at least it did that.
2: I read that book. Did you Winter's Tale? Unfilmable.
0: Oh, it's from a novel. I did not realize that. No. Yeah. Well, that's bad news. Winter's Tale actually bombed seriously. It's, uh, it's, it's another strike against Colin Farrell. No, mm. I
1: don't like to hear that. You guys always blame
2: the actor. It's never the actor's fault.
1: No, mm, no, no. Seth. It's not. Whether or not it's his fault, it just means that it's harder for him to get jobs. Not really. Well, you Speaking know, of, of sh-
2: Colin Farrell,
0: by the way, here's an interesting data point to Colin Farrell. RoboCop fell short of the reboot uh, of Total Recall. Oh, so good. that opened at 25 million. RoboCop came in at number three, only 21 million.
2: I yeah. take the Soul Recall remake over this. Well,
0: here's here's the, here's my thinking: is that if it if you have a Paul Verhoeven reboot starring Colin Farrell, it opens at 25 million. If you have a Paul Verhoeven reboot starring whoever Joel Kinnaman is, it only opens at 21 million. So Colin Farrell at least can carry a Paul Verhoeven reboot four million dollars further.
1: What about the female leads? I mean, come on. That could sell. Total Recall? Yeah. yeah. I think everyone
0: knows that women don't sell tickets.
1: But, uh, uh, they I sold my That's worse than anything Kelly's ever sent in. That is terrible, isn't sure. it? That is kind of, though, unfortunately,
0: I think that's kind of a te- terrible conventional wisdom in Hollywood. I think.
2: They have I'm, a lot of bad wisdom. The RoboCop PG-13 is terrible wisdom. Well, they let's they get, get into that. that
0: so uh, let's let's see what the critics thought, Kelly Wand. If we go to Metacritic, which is the average review from the average rating from various reviews, RoboCop is at fifty-two. Too high. If we go to Rotten Tomatoes, which is the percentage of reviews that are positive, <laughs> I'm critique these maps. Okay, good. <laughs> yes, uh, Kelly Wand on Rotten Tomatoes, RoboCop: the percentage of reviews that are positive. Forty-nine percent of the reviews are positive.
2: Um. I'm pleasantly surprised they're that low, to be honest. I actually thought – I'd heard on Friday that it was getting good press, and then when I saw it, I was like, fuck you, press. <laughs> so now I'm like, all right, 40s. Those are Fs in school <laughs> somehow in movies. What do those fucking guys make, those box office gurus who like predict how much something's going to make, and then they're off by 10 or 12, and then people report whether they were wrong or not? Yeah, and of little- whether the movie's good. Or listen to us, which is worse, I guess. They
1: like make $10.
2: They make $10 per movie. <laughs> per prediction. I'm just saying, math's really interesting.
0: Uh, I think this was very disappointing uh, for. Is it Sony? Yeah, I think Sony's disappointed in the, the performance. This
2: is a guy that no one knew, though. I'd seen him on The Killing a little bit. Mm-hmm. The two episodes of that I saw. But I didn't know who he was other than that. Maybe you did.
1: I I didn't realize this was Sony until I. Like, you know, I don't watch. Trailers, but every trailer began with just the word Sony, and then yeah. every it seemed like every trailer just had the logo of Sony, and then the trailer would begin. I just felt like I was being sold a stereo for the whole movie.
0: Well, I think they're wanting to put their names on entertainment because is it Columbia is part of Sony? I forget the relationships, but I think Sony is wanting their name to be front and center more often.
2: It's Sony. just going to be one company doing it all eventually, like within ten years. Well, oh, fortunately like, we still table have
0: table. fortunately we still have a lot of divergent choices for cable, like you know Time Warner, Comcast. Like, right, still exactly. so many choices there. Uh,
2: so that's why everything's getting so much better. Yeah. That's why PG
0: thirteen. Kelly, one speaking of things getting better, <laughs> I would like to hear a synopsis of the events in the Robocop remake. If you were to do this, would it be called a Robocopsis? It'd have to be, wouldn't it? It would. So Kelly Wand with the Robocopsis, rock and roll. Today in the motherfucking
2: news, some Admiral in Iraq's about to see this shit live. Okay hey there, uh, 2014 Lizzie Gibbons. Uh, and be sure to wear this red Christmas bulb between your knobs. Just like back home, red always means bull don't attack. Uh, car engine cool, drive through traffic fast as you want. Feel free to use any of this in your interview. Hi, Ma. Otherwise, just enjoy the show, which will consist of us walking peacefully down the street in Iraq for uh, no reason. surrounded by robots ignoring us. Getting quite a scoop here. Can't wait to read the forum posts. Navi, no! Attacking robot with knife is ineffectual! Oh, here we go. That,
1: that's where he's going to fit it in. <laughs> I didn't
2: plan a, that. It turned the halfway through. His
1: Iranian think. accent, awesome.
2: <laughs> Asia, what? Africa, who fucking does?
1: That's a good point. <laughs>
2: go Navi, no! Attacking robot with knife is ineffectual! Oh, a PG-13 explosion! <laughs> or something. <sighs> Don't worry, Diggis, she never shows up again. Uh, (laughs) I I, I totally don't believe you. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Keaton, I'm all for killing kids, but the public wants someone who will feel bad afterwards, like early George Zimmerman, a RoboCop 2. Now, I may not be articulate or used to talking in public. I'm just a congressman or a senator, but that's a good point. I'll come back when I have another point to make about Oxley Sorbet.
1: That was an awesome Jimmy Stewart, by the way. I
2: don't know how to do that guy, this Fight Club guy. Oh, that's who that guy is. Thank you, Kelly Wand. See? The boss from Fight Club. Very nice. Uh, I may not be able to tell you through acting, but I can just tell you verbally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I need emotion to play, I say. I know, Igor, but I'm either a brain surgeon or a cybernetic specialist. I never factored emotions in when making my antidepressants or the bottom he straws. Actually, the only chemical I even use is WD-40. Now, I could call him a psychologist here, but I think the real solution would be to stop freaking out! Sorry, I didn't mean to hit you with the violin. Look, here's the new one made of metal. It has emotions, by the way, and a purple heart. Weird, huh? Yes, Keaton. Hey, I was just watching you fail with this guy and decided you're up to what I have in mind. The good news, it only costs $4 billion. We get to murder somebody. I mean, wound him. Can you step out here? Your patient's creeping me out. <laughs> Damn, man, y'all even robotic now. Don't worry, Tyrone. I won't rest till the assholes who put you in the hospital are out on the street after I go home later. (laughs) That's him saying later, not me. (laughs) This is a different robot, by the way. Car bomb going off in five seconds. Four. Huh? Car bomb. Wait. Wait. The doors opening. I'd better get inside. What the? Ugh. F- That's better. Than what he did. Call auto club. <sighs> yeah, a car bomb that goes off after the occupant gets home and hangs out with his wife for three hours. Good work, Thug sixty <laughs> four. Oh <I> god. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. This is one fun part of the movie for me. It's doing this. Now all we got to do is sit in our warehouse and wait to get attacked. <laughs> we don't have to do this, Mrs. Robocop. I mean, Murphy. Maybe we do. I don't think I'm a lawyer. As you can see, his eye's fucked. So if it looks normal in the next scene and the rest of the movie, the op- audience... I- no, my husband would have wanted me to look at slides of his eye. But wait in the living room with the photo album. Try not to emote. Mr. Keaton, I believe I've found your reboot, franchise guy. How'd this one die? Opening a car door. (laughs) Sounds like the perfect killing machine. Wait, he didn't have temper issues like that. Headshot at D'Onofrio. No, just bad judgment. Fourth-degree burns all over the body. I'm fairly certain the director thinks those are worse. (laughs) Here's a close-up of his damaged eye. Go ahead and vomit. I'm used to it. You should see the damage to his lungs. (laughs) I am a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Sir... Let him go. He'll kill us <laughs> Let him go. He will cause great damage and hurt many people <laughs> Rice patties in Detroit. What the <laughs> I am bored now. Y'all put some CG lungs in a Let's check your on. <laughs> Y'all put some CG lungs in and a filler's face on a robot? Big deal. My robots don't even need acting. Or aiming. Know why? Cause human endeavor don't mean shit to me. Set music. Cause me and my robots like to party. <laughs> don't tase me, Robro. <laughs> Dad, i took the whole NHL season just on the off chance your brain had been saved and put in a robot. Wanna watch them with me? <laughs> He's a little Asian, by the way, on the mom's side. Sorry, champ. I know there were all those (laughs) Uh, shots. So stupid. Sorry, champ. I know there were all those shots just now of your mom putting on lipstick and me sitting in a car up the street. But dad just came by for a couple minutes. See you. Hey, sucker. It's me, your old partner. Y'all's a robot. (laughs) You're finally the right color. Blue. Yeah, I asked them motherfuckers to make me a robot when I was in the hospital. They said it would only skin the knee. Plus, black dude, white sidekick would have been way too different from Iron Man. See ya! Hey, Doc, I know I said make him human, but helmet up or down? He's got no charisma at all, and no ice why a fucking buzzkill? We gotta keep him apart till things deteriorate. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> this is the doctor, by the way. I said, hold still, you quadriplegic. Sorry, Doc, my tongue's stupid. I hate this movie. Yes, that free will tastes like peanut butter was a very big scientific discovery of ancient Greece. Maybe the biggest after wine. Robert, it's me, your wife. I'm sad. Your son's sad. You're a robot. I must. Something. Hey, Chief, how come all those reporters are standing around over here instead of talking to him and his wife? Isn't that why we're here? Oh Jimmy. Oh wait, guys, look, they're done talking. Now he's running away. Let's wreck right this barricade between him and shout uh. <laughs> Yes, good work, Doc, we did it. Now he's not human at all, just like we wanted. Uh wait. And freaking out? Eh, best three billion we ever spent. I'm a doctor. I refuse to be a party to my research. All right, cool your fucking smock there. Look, he's done everything we wanted, exceeded all our expectations. He's even investigating his own murder. His own partner didn't think of that. Only way out of this, icy is killing him. Because the only thing more profitable than a hero is a dead hero. Then we reboot him with Ben Affleck or something next year. Uh, Mr. Oscorp, uh, he hasn't really done anything heroic yet, except open that car door and jump on an old man masturbating in a crowd. Actually, his only public appearance so far has been as a zombie jumping the old man, so... Mr. Keaton, hello? Why are you putting a paper bag over your head that says I'm not famous anymore? Hello? Okay, call the drug dealers. Tell them to kill RoboCop instead of dying to him. They're not going to like it. The fuck? My character's still in the movie? Yeah, the way you were still cocky even after you got your ass and your robot's asses is kicked has is convinced me you're just the guy to go up against him again. I'll pay you nothing. Ha, this one's on the house, blue neck. Aim for the head. I said the head. You fucking idiots. Actually, maybe another car bomb if we have any lying. Uh. <laughs> My husband is still a robot. Damn, Mister Keaton Jay Baruchel here. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: another voice
2: Great. yeah the wife's saying shit to the media I didn't foresee this at all well, if only Sam Jackson hey look Robocop's here don't worry though he can't shoot us let's taunt him and hope the wife doesn't talk to the media again after this ha <laughs> <laughs> ha <laughs> you can't shoot us. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> police chief from the shield and this you are under arrest for being in league with my murderers which makes your disinterest in my becoming robocop till now inexplicable today in the motherfucking news gary oldman said this shit into a microphone uh, hello uh is this thing on yeah i'm uh, the surgeon and or cybernetics expert who made robocop i guess this is a senate hearing or something um uh, what I did was wrong, uh, saving a guy's life, whistleblowing, the whole damn thing. Don't really know what the fuck I was thinking. Oh, yeah, paycheck, plus my robot fetish. Seriously, what, what, what are we doing? What's what's going on in the <laughs> scene? Also in the motherfucking news, RoboCop stood on the roof. Well, I guess Michael Keaton is dead from my taser. Hard to tell since the director cut away. All story threads resolved. Except who I work for and everything. Oh well, at least the audience will get to see my family reunion. No, the doors are closing. <laughs> what could possibly make this more anticlimactic? They give the only F bomb the bear a chill? Oh well, see you next pro <laughs> boot <laughs> 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 Motherfucking Legos. <laughs> the end.
0: Alright, let's get to this uh, this this bomb that dingus dropped earlier dingus you don't think the original robocop holds up
1: yeah i do i just oh. think it's ridiculous that somebody who hasn't seen it recently would make the statement i haven't seen it recently but it totally holds up i think it's a silly thing to say it's
0: well, how funny. recently do you funny. have to, how recently do you have to see it to know that it holds up
1: no it doesn't matter how recently if you say the statement He's just saying i have dumb. not seen but, it right. recently and it holds up is funny that's that's comedy come on mm,
0: i haven't seen casablanca recently either but i'm pretty sure that holds up is that, is that funny i just assume everything funny
1: that, 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 you that you said stuff. i haven't seen it recently and it holds up that's a funny thing to say and then then if you want to go back and backfill it and say i've seen it semi recently that's fine but it's a funny statement i was just commenting on that tom come on oh, i haven't seen it recently but it holds up that's funny Mm. It, t- it totally holds up, but I think it I think it works as a period piece. I mean, it's an eighties movie, and it
2: and it works very well as that. Okay. I know a chick who said side sleepers are self centered, and I went, "Hey, that's a good one." She went, "Oh yeah, what?" <laughs> she didn't. I don't even know what that means. I don't either, <laughs> but I do. It's true.
0: I want. Uh, all right. Well, I thought Dingus was going to be a RoboCop hater, and I just wanted to hear a little of that. So,
2: uh, all right. So, I watched they, it though. Did you watch it with so- the kid, child? Yeah, does your son no, think that. It no, it's that? a hard R. It's a totally hard R. No, it's movie. totally hard R. Dude, it went to the. It got an X rating 11 times in a row. How awesome is that? There's no way that I could watch that with my son. It's it's just. It's, they don't make movies like that anymore. It's too bad. It's your not your too bad. I, too, I think this movie works perfectly fine as a PG 13 movie, and I was ew. surprised by that.
1: Oh, what do you think of that, Kelly Ew, Juan?
2: I'm nauseated. This movie is the invasion to the coffin body snatchers.
1: But but the 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 uh, the Verhoeven movie is making a comment on movies. I mean, it's a different it's a different movie. I
2: mean, it's it's good. fine that
1: it's it's doing that stuff with R ratings and being hyper violent and and. But this is nothing. There's no action that's good in this, and there's no. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the ratings right now. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't. think There's anything. <laughs> right. You know what what I was. Concerned about was that you would mainly object to this movie because it's not R, and that's what I, I did initially. And then, it... then, but I think the original RoboCop is a period piece, and it works very well as that. Watching it yesterday, uh, I thought it was hilarious because I understood like. I, there I, also I didn't I didn't know a lot of the people who were involved in it and it was kind of a joy to watch it again but it is very much a product of the 80s and tom is absolutely right when he when he references the 80s and talking about what a great movie it is
0: well its hyper violence is part partly yeah. verhoven's trademark too i mean that that's part of what he did with uh, you know total recall starship troopers uh even if, what he did beforehand there's a movie called the third man i think soldier of orange uh he's definitely what
2: uh, oh right, right. Flesh.
0: Blood. And, it might be flesh. Blood. Well,
2: that was the same like, year It's too. flesh plus blood. Flesh plus blood, right?
0: But I don't. I don't think uh, to get at what Dingus is saying. I don't think this RoboCop is. As uh, it's not. It's not from the same time, of course. So it's not concerned with the same things. So it's hyper violence. It's not a Paul Verhoeven movie either. Hyper doesn't seem like. It's you know it's not a concern for this movie. That's not at all what it's doing. So I'm kind of with Dingus in that I don't think we can talk about whether or not it works otherwise, but I don't think the lack of hyperviolence really has anything to do with whether or not this is a good movie.
1: Right. Um, I don't think this movie is trying to be meta, and I think the earlier movie is.
2: It's not meant for me, then. It's like it's not meant for me to go, oh, they already remade RoboCop. Oh, they're going to make it. Like, why reboot something if it's not going to be better? Than I can tell you why. Uh, because a lot Shame. has changed in the
0: intervening <laughs> 20 years, and this movie Corporate. is ab- is about more contemporary issues. Right. It's know, the movie we the to Michael
2: made, Keaton character would have made. Uh,
0: the Michael Keaton character in Robocop?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, so I think it's, it's the movie that a guy from Brazil who did an, a gritty urban drama about police corruption would make when he's given an old franchise that's kind of, I don't want to say irrelevant because, you know, Dingus, it's – Dingus, you're right in that it's very much a a period piece, Uh, but all of RoboCop's, the original RoboCop's points about corporate greed and irresponsibility and hyperviolence in entertainment, uh, a lot of those points aren't as relevant anymore. So instead, we've got this guy coming from Brazil with a whole different kind of a background, given this franchise. uh, I don't know how much of it is Jose Padilla, how much of it is the script he was given, Um, but I, I think that's why you get it why they do this remake is because there are different things to say using this framework this, of, of, a, of a cybernetic cop.
2: Yeah. They didn't, what did this movie say?
0: I think that that is an excellent question, and I actually am a little surprised at what it says, uh, yeah. and I want to get to that in, in a minute, but so, so Kelly Wand, uh, I, I guess what I sort of want to – respond to you is, I don't know that it's better or worse than the original RoboCop, but I think it's a very different kind of movie with a very different point, a very different style, in a very different time, and the fact that it's not at all like the original RoboCop didn't bother me in the least. And as I was watching it, even the fact that it it, it avoided gratuitous violence, I was totally okay with.
2: Um, but that's like saying, like if they'd made an evil dead PG-13. No, it's not like saying And that. it was like the haunting. This is, this you would have gone, diff- well... No, it's not like saying that.
1: I think, and this is what surprised me. It doesn't bother me at all that this is PG. I don't think. I don't think that. It's a very soft PG. I don't think PG. that's an analog. I don't think that's an analog at
2: all. It's baggage we all bring, or we don't bring to the movie. And I don't think I brought it, and you guys didn't.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Kelly Wand. What What do you think is the point of the original RoboCop movie? Like, what? Like, would you Would you agree? Like, I think the original RoboCop movie. Anything even, for a buck. Think it's, uh, okay, this yeah, sort of like gratuitous kind of entertainment, entertainment, gratuitous yeah. serving of, of violence and entertainment. Um, yeah. Okay.
2: Like Piranha, what like, you said, Piranha. I thought that was really astute when you said it uh, was doing for like, you know, just women in pornography. I well,
0: if you, well, that's actually, and that has nothing to do with the original two Piranha movies. Like that's, <laughs> no,
2: that's right, awesome, right.
0: saying, hey, I've got sure. the Piranha franchise. What am I going to do with it? I'm going to tell my. I'm going to make my own no, story. So. Not that. I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I do think that that's source a,
2: material, right,
0: right, that that's a good analog. Uh, yeah. So, so I I'm with you in that I agree. This has nothing to do with the original RoboCop, but I don't. I'm a little curious why if you okay. So, so that we agree on. Why does that necessarily mean though that you don't like this one? What is your problem? Because
2: with this? this movie is trying to wed things that don't. I mean, it doesn't result. It, the viewpoint of the movie was unclear to me, and what, what few glimmerings I got out of it seemed very forced. There's definitely
0: none of there's there's some playfulness, but there's none of Verhoeven's like satire and his pointed Verhoven's stuff is very colorful, very kind of over the top, very obvious, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And there's none of that here. Uh so I There's nothing
2: I, go ahead. There's nothing what right. Oh I'll keep cutting you off. Sorry, but I was just gonna say like the source meet show can be totally different, but it's just if it's replaced with something different that it's I mean it just looked derivative of the total recall remake. It's like the same shit. It's a guy shooting at CG. Okay. Okay. Um
0: well, that uh, yeah, I, I, I would disagree with you there, it's because I did find a lot here, and I, I do want to sort of save for a little bit this idea of what was the point, what was the message, because I find that fascinating, and it's something that I was very surprised about. But uh, the Total Recall, and I think, again, this is similar to the way we shook out when we talked about the Total Recall movie. I think Dingus was with me on this, but I, I kind of enjoyed that movie for what it was.
2: Yeah, and I didn't.
0: And, and I didn't like the original Total Recall, so I was okay with it being different, um, Sure. Uh, But I think RoboCop holds up better than Total Recall. Absolutely, absolutely. For a lot of reasons. Um, So then, as as this movie, so you said, Kelly Wan, you you mentioned it was shooting in a lot of CG. Uh, Even some of the action stuff didn't work for you.
2: The only gunfight was the one in the dark. There was just no sense of spatial awareness. There was no sense of threat. There was no sense of tactics. It wasn't... What was that movie you saw where... The camera panned around so you could see what the character was seeing. And they go, shoot him. Whiteout? Not Whiteout. The one on the other planet with Gerard Butler or something. The
0: one on another planet with Gerard Butler? I don't know,
2: but I want to see this movie. You don't <laughs> remember?
0: <It's> he <laughs> like, like the, the camera it's like Oh, Guy Pierce. Like Guy Pierce, That was Lockout. out. Oh, was Guy Pearce. It was lockout. Right.
2: right. And like, that, it felt like that to me. Like, the action was making me sc- scowl and snarl. Uh,
0: even the late, like, the scene with the Ed 209s in the lobby, like, all that stuff didn't work for you?
2: Was that just too much CG? Uh, they're all similar. They're all, none of them were distinctive. It didn't feel satisfying. Okay. It didn't okay. feel... They didn't feel different from each other, okay. even in a James Bond movie. every Until he jumps on roofs for like both Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale, you have very few sequences that are like set in the same geography.
0: There was a lot going else. on in this movie that was not action sequences, too. Uh, so I think there were long stretches without action sequences, and I could see that. Some people may be losing patience with it. Um, but I personally liked a lot of what wasn't an action sequence. I was even okay with the action sequences, but I kind of admired the fact that it wasn't a series of action sequences. You know, Total Recall, I think, kind of was. Uh, there were definite beats like, okay, now we're going to have an action sequence, then a little storytelling, then an action sequence. Uh, I don't think this Robocop really worked that way.
2: Um. No, and it did. Well, Total Recall didn't really care about its own story even like it's it was just kind of lazy but i think when robocop i thought i thought in this movie and maybe that maybe i'm being dumb and you can turn me on this but it's like i really thought like the characters motivations are really slippery and changing and mm-hmm. confusing like i didn't know why the wife wouldn't go to the media sooner i didn't know what kind of leash she was even on i didn't know why i <laughs> check your Haley back okay. i did not know i didn't know what happened at the end i don't know what where have we come from the beginning of the movie He's still working for the cops. He's back with his
0: family. Yeah. Before we start to untangle some of that, uh, Dingus, what did you think of the action sequences here? Just as, a, as, a, as an adventure, as a thriller, uh, a movie with a bunch of gunfights, how did you feel about the action sequences?
1: I loved them. I thought they were uh, – there were many different ones. I don't know what Kelly's talking about. I mean once we get to the dark – I mean, there is sort of a video game sort of element to that. That now we're in the stealth level. Now we're in the dark and with a ticker in the, big, in the corner. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine with me. And that's why I sort of labeled it as there, there's a first person shooter element to that. But I never felt like it was laying back on that as as a crutch. I mean, I thought there, I thought the action in this was great, and I thought I thought it built forward in a wonderful way, and I. I totally disagree with Kelly that that the only action sequence is that one in the dark i I, I mean I, we haven't said it explicitly but i really liked this movie a lot I mean I would go so far as I loved it i mean I really I mean this, this might be the first movie of the year that I've really loved so far I really really liked watching this movie i think it's I think it's got so many good things going for it and I think this director has such a sure hand um, and I watched a little bit of uh uh, the elite squad, the second elite squad movie, to get a sense of of what he's going for, and I, t- I just really really think that that his action and his sense of pacing, his sense of of, of spatial action, even in that m- that moment where where RoboCop runs out into the rice paddy, is. Is really self-assured. I love the action in this movie.
2: Uh, it's like *Avatar*; Kelly- I we're I off of *Avatar*.
0: Now, see Kelly, I got to go with Dingus here, and let me let me sort of explain. When you say that the action sequences all fall together, I think you're kind of crazy because I I think of four vividly distinct shootout scenes in the movie that involved gunfire, that involved a sense of each a sense of style, a different sense of stakes. There's the restaurant shootout early on, which I thought was great, was fantastic, where the the uh, you know Alex Kinnaman and his partner are there with. Pistols. They're the two guys with pistols out front. The one guy with the automatic. The guy's going to flank them. Uh, The the partner tries to cover for Alex Kinnaman. That was a a great. That right there was the action sequence from the guy who did Elite Squad Two, which had some really confident, well staged action sequences. That's the first one. I thought it was distinct. It didn't have any crazy over the top stuff. The second one, uh, that warehouse test scene with Jackie Earl Haley with the crazy. I don't know. I don't know. It sounded like some uh, electric six song or whatever going. <laughs> it had a sense of playfulness, uh, it had a very different sense of stakes in that nobody was gonna die. This was a little test exercise and somebody's gonna get his come up and so you know how that's gonna end. Uh, it's all about style. It's all about just, just a crazy video game sensibility. Uh, another one is the dark warehouse scene where the and it's uh, you guys described it as video games but video games get this from actual military footage of what it's like to use night vision uh that had a very different style very different stakes very different characters uh you know that was different the ed 209 scene which was clearly a nod to the Robocop fighting the the big robot in Robocop two almost this hairy quality to it um, yeah. r- hiding behind the legs of the the Crete of the the big robots just the the scale of the action there, the way that the humans come in and and basically throw down their weapons to disarm the ed two hundred nines had its own sense of style so Kelly i I absolutely disagree personally. Uh, with the complaint about the action scenes. I thought this was incredibly confident, distinct, skilled direction of action sequences. Uh, mm, and as so. someone who normally hates a lot of action sequences, I was just delighted with them. Um, eh. but, but fair enough. If they didn't work <laughs> for you, that's absolutely fair enough. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> so. Well, yeah,
2: I really, I definitely hated the one in the where- or I didn't like the warehouse one much either, because I well, couldn't tell how
0: many like, mean, they girders. Sure, sure. And, and that where is... is he- and that again, when you guys describe it as video game ish, I mean, that again was like a cover shooter where just their heads are popping up. You know, there's so many video games that you play where they make it challenging because you're shooting behind guys, guys behind cover, and you have to wait for their heads to pop up.
3: So right. that right
0: there, and that that was very different from all the other shootouts, I thought. Uh, that's the
1: idea of a shootout as a cover shooter. Um, and but, if uh, but the setup for that in that early restaurant scene. I mean, I, I love that he doesn't have any of his like HUD. I mean, he's just right. dealing exactly. with this as as like a normal person would deal with it. And then you overlay those different elements as you go on. But again, I don't think those those things. And I don't mean to to use video game as a pejorative because I don't think this movie ever uses that as a crutch. Right. It just understands what the audience is going for has as part of its vocabulary. It's part of its emotional and visual vocabulary, and it uses it beautifully, I think. Well, and also
0: smartly, as our, so. as, as our friend Alexandra mentioned, Dingus, in one scene, the I think she's the one that brought it up, There's a, there's a uh, during the training sequence, it's counting down from the number of targets to zero. You see that on his HUD, and they right. don't call attention to it. It's just there. But then later in the scene, you see it counting up. And I think she – when we observed that, wasn't she the one that pointed out, well, that's because in the warehouse, he knows exactly how many enemies there are in, in – I mean in the test run. He knows exactly how many enemies there are in the warehouse where he's up against an unknown force. He doesn't know how many there are, so it's counting up how many he's killed rather than down to zero. Either she said that or you said that, but it, it occurred to me that's an excellent point, and that's so a guys- smart detail – you guys are
2: watching the math of the quarter, and like, yeah, <laughs> and I'm watching a guy that's cutting away. This fucking director cuts away from every fucking shot of this. No, he
1: does not. The, he does not. He, but your does. eyes move across the screen in the way you move across the screen when you're watching something like that, and uh. I noticed those things too. I thought her observation of that was was spot on to notice that countdown timer and and the way your eyes move around a screen. Because one of the things I noticed was when he was like getting all that stuff uploaded. Where's the progress bar. There's so much information on the screen, and our eyes move so quickly, and and, uh, and Jose Padilla understands that and doesn't, doesn't fall back on it, but he uses it to such great effect. And it's not like one of those moments where Tom says, where I, I'm bored and I'm watching news crawl in the background. It's just that your eye has so many places to go. I love the way he edits and puts this together.
2: The go. only thing I remember not liking about the cop one at the beginning was i kind of remember thinking at the time and maybe making poor arguments for all these but i remember thinking it kind of ended weirdly like it just sort of was unresolved i couldn't like why did it just get shot
0: well here's another thing that i liked about that too is i and and this is where i started to feel that we're in the hands of of a confident director who knows what he's doing i liked how we meet Alex Murphy after he's been wounded and he's coming in to explain himself and that it's kind of a flashback without doing any gratuitous flashback tricks. I mean, we're finding out how he got that wound on his head and why he's obviously distraught. And it's sort of filling in some backstory about this character in an engaging, entertaining way. It's going to give us an action sequence rather than just this normal wind-up like, like in the original RoboCop, you know, where they go and they chase, where it's just plot point A, then B, then C, then D.
2: That was his first day, though. And right. His, in the original. his partner gets distracted by a black penis, which is why he turns into RoboCop.
1: No, but I love the, the difference in the reveals in, in this movie and the other movie is fascinating. The, the, yeah. the way the, the Robocop is revealed in both movies
2: is fascinating, Oh, yeah, I agree with that.
0: Let, let's talk uh, real quickly about uh, the, the lead actor, Joel Kinnaman. So, Kelly Wan, you mentioned he's from a TV series called The, the Killing. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything before. This guy won me over pretty quickly, and yeah. I am not the kind of guy to be won over by just I, – I, I normally am so resistant to liking a new actor who I've never seen before. Like, I can be a tough sell. Uh, I really like this guy a lot, and I'm assuming you did as well, Dingus. Um, Kelly Wan, how did you feel about our new RoboCop as an actor?
2: Uh, I liked him better before he became RoboCop. I liked him as a cop. And then once he becomes RoboCop, he becomes sort of prey of... What Dingus was saying last week when you guys were arguing about whether you see the gears working or not, Mm -hmm. that's something I never think of, really. I don't really feel qualified to judge when I watch acting, but I think with writing, I notice it more. Like That's just more my scene. Uh, so by that center I wasn't really watching his work maybe as closely as you guys were. I just have a different eye for it. Um, but so, he seemed not that different. I was a little unclear on like, what kind of person he was before, Okay. besides a stereotypical – like, I couldn't even tell if he was a good cop or not. Okay. Or a good shot. I would have liked to have known those <laughs> things. <laughs> it, I uh, guess I didn't really know the same thing about Peter Weller either, but um, – was some of the uh,
0: How did you feel that some of the stuff worked as the movie went on about him losing his capacity for emotion? Because he was doing some actorly stuff with that as well. Did he, as an actor, sell some of that to you? Did, yeah, but the for reasons,
2: reasons for them doing that to him and like, oh, your reputation's on the line, better take the screw out of his head. Like all that seemed very contrived to me, and so maybe okay. all that was distracting me from stuff you guys were totally enjoying without noticing
0: but for the most part it sounds like you were okay with Joel Kinnaman he didn't uh... Uh,
2: he didn't well you guys definitely liked him more than I did I just thought he seemed not like Peter Weller didn't seem like a robot at all before he became Robocop but this guy's got like a deep voice and he's kind of a tall dude (laughs) like he's just asking for it (laughs) to become a robot (laughs) yeah he's already halfway there uh, uh, I like says the killing. I don't know. I didn't like about that either. I think it's something against him. Diggs, had prop- you had you seen
0: him before? Do you know this guy from the killing or anything? I know you like your TV shows.
1: I, I love my TV. Uh, I love to watch my stories. Uh, but I did. I had not seen him in anything before. Right. And I, I think you're being generous to Peter Weller because uh, if you watch, all he sees is lips. So it was but, like a harder. He doesn't do. He's just doing cheesy stuff in RoboCop. I mean, that's what he's required to do. I mean, Peter Weller isn't it's doing weird. anything of any depth, but I think Alex Kinnaman has a... I, I mean, it, they're two different characters. Wait, uh, real quick. I think I'm screwing up. Is he Joel
0: or Alex Kinnaman? It's Alex Murphy is the character. It's, uh, Alex Murphy, Joel Kinnaman. You're right. Joel Kinnaman. Okay, right. Sorry. I probably
2: am being generous.
0: Right. But go ahead. So um, I cut you off, Dingus. So you think Joel Kinnaman... Uh, go, go ahead.
1: I think I think Joel Kinnaman's doing... I mean, he's, he's required to do more things emotionally. Yeah, I mean he's that 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 scene where he has to look at his body being taken apart and tell yeah, and, and, and ask for his own suicide. I mean the the things that that actor is required to do are different, and I think that that he accomplishes far more than than the the sort of. Taylor Kitsch or Sam Worthington's that we're being that are being thrust upon us. He's he's not one of those actors. He's yeah. he's got more much more going on with him. And you're being generous with Peter Weller. Peter Weller does fine, but he's doing sort of a, a a glitzy. I've got nice hair, and he doesn't have to establish a relationship with his family beforehand. And when when Joel Kinnaman walks in and kisses his son on the head fifteen times before putting him to bed, I I mean. Jeez, I I didn't like that you, kid actor. You you totally he totally hooked me. I mean, I totally got him as as a family dude, and and he also does a lot with that stuff that he can only do with his face. Uh, I, I I but part of that is that I love the the emotional uh, the emotional arc of this particular Robocop RoboCop character is completely different than the other, one. Right. and I much prefer this one. For this particular movie, I mean, the other one is a different movie. I think they're just two different movies, and I, I don't think it's fair to juggle them. But I think Joel Kinnaman is great in this. I really, really liked him. Uh,
0: Kelly Wan, what does he uh. play in The Killing? Is he a, one of the he's main characters? Yeah, he's, he's, one, he's one of one the, one of the leads.
2: He's the partner. He's, he's sort of one of those guys where he, who you think he's the fuck-up character. But then as the story goes on, he kind of shows that he's he. it's part of his Columbo act and is he I remember, in the series do you like him in that uh, it's the same thing where i think i i can't tell if it's him or the writing because the writing was always irritating because he just hit he finds like the the lair of the murder site by smoking pot with these chicks at the schoolyard but uh, he's like been there all day and they know he's a cop so they're like hey yeah i like to party and it's like instant and it just seems like he says he has like only one way of delivering lines he's definitely way better than Taylor Kitsch. Uh,
0: Um, You guys are going to have to stop hating on Taylor Kitsch once you see Lone Survivor, I'm telling you. (laughs)
2: Oh, he's in that fucking thing?
0: He's great in Lone Survivor, yeah.
2: Wait, he's great in it? Yes, yes, yes. yeah. No, no.
0: I loved Taylor Kitsch in Lone Survivor. You loved Taylor Kitsch. I did. I thought he was was, was seriously one of the – I hated that movie – but he was seriously one of the best things about the movie. Uh, so you, you might have to stop hating on Taylor Kitsch. I don't know if Sam Worthington will ever have a similar moment, but I, I'm going to need to take him off of the table for for that kind of talk. I'm sorry, Taylor Kitsch, Taylor Kitsch, yeah. And you, you yourself, Kelly Wan, said the early parts of John Carter. Yeah, from Mars, he's pretty I do. cool. So I basically, imagine Lone Survivor is just that aspect of Taylor Kitsch. Um, but uh, uh, so I want to so so the Joel Kinnaman thing. Uh, whether or not like you, it feels like the the writing and the killing works for him. Like I, I don't know, but I'm really fascinated with the guy because of what he does in this movie, and it made me want to see other things that he's in. It made me hope that he gets to do more movies. I hope this guy has a movie career, because he really does very quickly establish the character. He makes him likable. He makes him believable. Jose Padilla knows enough, by the way, and I I always admire when a director does this, to just let him and Abby Cornish sit there and look at each other for a little bit and to just share, I mean, there's no dialogue. The scene where he comes home from a hard day at work, and it's going to transition to where they're, they're going to start having sex, you know, he does it, and that's that's kind of an awkward thing for the script to call for, but he just lets Abby Cornish and Joel Kinnaman sell it. He just lets them just look at each other and create this transition, and it works. And so from then on, the guy, I was totally I, I was totally on board with him. Uh, and then the scene where he goes and, and meets his son and kneels down and lets his son touch his robot hand and... All of that stuff, and then when he starts having to be deadpan, like I was like, "No, I liked that guy before don 't don't yeah. don 't take that dude from us you this yeah, so I totally fell for joel Kenneman. i I think well, then he's he 's out
2: of it he 's like that for the rest of the movie, so
0: um yeah, and it 's kind of a it
1: it's it's, it's like when Iron man
2: stops drinking and you're like, Oh god, I wish he'd start drinking. And and so, but, so but here so it's thematic.
1: Way. I mean you you're feeling what sure. everybody else in town is feeling. Right. Everybody else is disappointed but and it's still wondering like, where did he where did he go? I mean that's and that's it's the, the emotional.
0: Point. It's the emotional equivalent of the Holy Christ. There's nothing left. Scene. You know, you see his body stripped away from him. Right. And to, oh. then, and to then later lose <sighs> his personality. Like that's that's kind of devastating, and that's effective. But then
2: his. soul uh, Then the rules break, and he could just go. No, nope, it's me. I'm special. Which somehow I guess is the point of both the RoboCop franchises. Um, it's too powerful for the tech to contain.
0: Well, not really. I loved the way the, the first RoboCop. Sort of cheated it with it like the first Robo- RoboCop was way I think more effective as a rule based story and it right. has the whole thing right. about once he's fired then he's yeah. fired then
2: they forget it RoboCop two and he's a robot again
0: right right I mean that's, <laughs> that's that but, you don't have to consider it say, cool. you never, yeah but but this one I I'm a little I think Kelly one I'm going to be a little closer to your perspective here. I do worry that maybe Joel Padilla bit off a little bit more than he could chew with some of the themes that he was getting at and certainly with the resolution for the movie. And I don't understand it. I'm with you, Kelly, in that it it got a little murky for me, and this didn't have the Pat rules-based solution at the end that was so cool in the first RoboCop. Uh, Right. And and I – I don't know if maybe I just don't understand it, if maybe it's supposed to
2: be ambiguous, I don't know. It's supposed to be like Prometheus and everything. It's open ended. We'll see what happens in the sequel. No, I don't funny. agree. What are you talking about? I couldn't what how who won the at the end? <laughs> did the did Michael <laughs> Keaton die? The fucking cop is he still a cop? Is the doctor is going to prison? Who owns Detroit? Is the drug deal? Are the drug? De- is there still a drug war going on? Is the why? I mean, yes. Is that's the point. That's the point. Isn't that the point? I mean, Sam Jackson's upset. Like he goes, "Fuck RoboCop," Senate hearings. <laughs> that because that Senate shit is perpetual. To- that's the. Let's, let's
0: let's break these down sort of individually. First, I do want to talk about – so at the end, Jackie Earl Haley makes it very clear that the the red tag, he can't violate it. So we need his partner to come in and rescue him. That part is fine. I'm okay with that. When he gets to the roof, what is the movie telling us about why does Michael Keaton have to shoot him? Is he about to shoot Michael Keaton? So Dingus, can you unpack what you thought was maybe going on there? Like Get it.
1: Uh, what I'm going to unpack is uh-huh. is is going back to that guitar scene. It's that uh, it's not about the music isn't in your hands; it's your mind. Okay, um, and, and that that's that's the point. And that that's you know, this movie goes along a, a couple different tracks. But as far as the human character, the man put into a machine is concerned, we're talking about how strong is emotion or as some character throws away, are you talking about a soul? Um, how strong is that in relation to this? And and well, does that have any power, or is or do we only have to rely upon the rules of a computer program to deal with this this moment? And and we're, and it's kind of a a cheap shot to say I'm going to threaten your family at this moment. We see that being set up, but I but I think the the idea is is you, you know where where in the political emotional legal structure does emotion fit well let me ask you this thing is is therefore the point that
0: emotion overrides that red tag uh programming is is that what happened with michael keaton
1: well uh, yeah i think i think that's okay. that's what or what can happen depending on the strength of the emotion because it ob- obviously does not happen earlier with uh with Jackie Earl Haley. Right. With Jackie
0: Earl Haley. Thank okay, you. well, in that case, I'm with Kelly Wan and I hated the ending. <laughs> 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 That's what I'm worried about. I, I, it's I, a little Linda I, Well, I don't know about Linda Luffy so much as I. I it didn't it, seem like the movie was setting up. Like, I, I really liked how hard and fast this idea was that they were able to shut down his free will. Like, I'm also not clear why he suddenly started producing I guess they they were saying that it was dopamine. Uh, like dope. they were yeah. so so for whatever reason, and Kelly Wand I'm I'm with you on this, I, I I kind of am resistant to this idea that he was somehow special and he could override and, and start producing his own dopamine and breaking out of his emotions and the red tag thing, if he feels strongly enough about it, he can violate that red tag and bring his gun to bear on Michael Keaton. Like that stuff I didn't really it's like oh, silver bullets no. kill werewolves, but not
1: this one. He's, He's just not.
0: He kind of was, yeah. yeah.
1: He's not somehow special. He's a prototype. There's no. There's nothing else like him. This is the first time they're dealing with this model, and they dealt with robots all this time. The public wants uh, something that, that they can love. So we're going to try to meld them. We're going to put a man in a machine. This is a prototype. This isn't like this is some singular like Tom Cruise in Top Gun who can do nothing uh, do things that anybody else cannot do he's a prototype this is the first time we're seeing what emotion machine will do but
0: but dingus don't they set up though early on that they're able to shut out his control of everything and make him think that he is controlling it that really that at some point in the movie they decide that they're going to cut him out of the feedback loop when the visor comes down that is out of the feedback loop and they're basically running it like isn't that the, the point partway through the movie that he's going to be robbed of his free will.
1: Well, sure, as far as they know at that point in time. But then they upload all of these things, including his own human experiences, into his brain. Right. And he gets the actual emotional feedback from his wife head on. He looks at the all the CCTV, which I love that in America we have the CCTVs up now, Um he sees his son going to school. He gets the emotional responses. He gets the emotional registers. And then – Okay. I mean – I mean, this See, is I get a what prototype. you're saying.
0: I get what you're saying, and I get that that's what the movie wants it's us a to say. It's a, it's a little warm bodies. It's a little warm bodies. It's a little matrix. Very
1: good. Yeah, that's true. It's a little love
0: can overcome all. And, and I, I felt like the, that beat we get in the middle of the movie where we discover we're gonna trick him and make him think he's part of the equation when we're actually taking him out of it. Like that to me was a pretty cool concept to introduce. And I feel like they lose sight of it if they then let him start bleeding into it and controlling things. It's pretty easy to just shut off a, a, control input in a computer and say, okay, this is not going to be part of the factor. And I thought that's what we were getting at, is this story about him being deceived into thinking that he might have some free will when really he doesn't. Uh, if, his, if it's a matter of if you love strongly enough, you're going to break the machine, I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll accept that. I'm fine with it, I, I guess. But, but he
2: could have just the doctor could have just reimbued it with him when he freed him.
1: Well, not, it's not just that. It's that we accept that that computers can be learning machines and that a human being in this particular situation is going to learn and adapt as well. So he's adapting – to. I mean, again, it's it's not that he's a singular machine among all of right. these other robots who suddenly is special like warm bodies. Right, but you're violating,
0: you're violating a key plot point, which is that there's a firewall between the human being's emotion and the the, the combat AI. Like you're violating what is up earlier, markup. right? But
1: he, yeah. but he, because he is the first human, can extinguish that firewall. A Deus Ex Machina. Don't extinguish a firewall, dingus. It's well, it's, firewall it's fire thing. and it's a wall. It's the first so he,
2: fireman, yeah. the first hose. Well, <laughs> it's the here's a,
0: hose. here's again what I want to sort of get at. What 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 I think part of what i admire about the movie is i feel that uh, jose padilla is huge and i don't know again how much of this is the script how much of this is the director but as a movie it seems hugely ambitious in terms of the topics it wants to talk about uh and i really appreciate that part of me as i was watching it and as i was having a problem with some of this like oh if he just wants to bad enough he can shoot michael keaton i mean I, i i'm disappointed at that but i do respect that it and 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 when that happens, I was I found myself a few times thinking, I wish it would focus a bit more, and that it wouldn't try so much because some of this stuff isn't working for me. But in the final analysis, I am pleased with how ambitious it was at, at bringing all these different threads in here about you know police corruption, this goofy Friends. idea of robophobia, uh, the idea of the interaction of uh, emotions and cybernetics, uh, the free will bit. Uh, even what it was trying to say about you know the the politics of drones. Uh I love that all this stuff got packed in there.
2: Uh although it was kind of spelled out.
0: What was spelled out?
2: Well all that I mean that's all in there but it's not like it's not making points about them.
0: Well just, that's what I, I well disagree. how can you have that yeah how can you have that in there and not make points yep. about it. Even outsourcing stuff to China I thought was a really clever
1: or, or the uh, slippy slipperiness of legalese? You know, just, yeah, might see what you're saying. You got just, around it. I love people, that kind
2: of stuff. They're just going to do what they want. I don't know. I guess it's not a revelation to me. Like, I'm cynical to the point where I don't expect that to be. Be more than just. Oh, look! Is that's what we got to make RoboCop? Because Iraq. I let me have. let me throw something out at you guys.
0: I am thinking that the point of this movie. So one of the things that puzzled me: the point of the original RoboCop when they introduced the head two hundred nine and it has a glitch <laughs> and it shoots the guy. That scene is still hilarious yes. and it's a great statement on uh, the the greed and the shortcuts that are made in the corporate world. I kept expecting something like that to happen in this movie, and I expected something like that to happen in that opening scene where they're doing the sub of Tehran. I kind of came away from that scene thinking, "Well, wait a minute, it's it's working." You know, <laughs> these these drones, these robots, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Uh, and I thought that that was kind of. I, I think that in the final analysis, this movie is is very pro drone. Well, because Robocop's a drone, I think Isn't he's it? not. So the point of the. The point that I think the movie is getting at, and, and Dingus, I'll be curious if you're, you're with me on this. Uh, I, so the subjugation of Tehran works. You know, when suicide bombers start flinging themselves at troops and at, at uh, press because they want to die. You know, the, the robots and the drones dispatch them correctly. When an armed kid doesn't drop his weapon, the robot blows up the kid. Uh, that's kind of, unfortunately, how urban pacification has to work. Uh, so that operates correctly and as the movie is going forward and it's teaching us its own rules of cybernetics and how they work it introduces this idea that emotions run counter to efficiency that basically emotion is incompatible with with cybernetics that you have to be emotionless to operate a drone at peak efficiency or to operate cybernetics Uh, and that's kind of the controversy and it introduces this uh, about drones you know nobody would argue it's better to have a drone in battle because you're not going to have an american casualty nobody would argue with that instead the 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 political problem with drones is that people feel that it detaches that that distance detaches somebody from being emotionally engaged with combat and therefore removed from the stakes and not being as thoughtful about the price of killing whatever all of that stuff so the the point of this movie seems to be that If you're going to use drones, if you're going to use cybernetics, you need to not be emotional about it. That needs to be taken out of it. Um, And if you do that, it seems like it works correctly. And that when you do introduce emotion like as is the case with this RoboCop program, that it kind of gets screwed up and it gets tangled up in things like corruption and the guy going off on his own and avenging a murder instead of efficiently ridding the city of crime. Uh, it, it it gets messier. And that when you think about it, the movie would have worked best if people weren't robophobic and they would just accept the efficiency of drones – at sussing out crime and prosecuting urban pacification <laughs> programs, like it, it seems. Am I wrong that the movie is kind of pro drone? They actually worked. <laughs> well,
1: what well, do you mean? What do you mean by when you say the pacification of round worked? What do you mean by the word worked? Uh,
0: the the drones operated as they were intended to. They they were able to uh isolate targets, they were able to scan people and check whether or not they were armed, uh, they were able to they certainly intimidated people, but as far as an occupying army is gonna go, they were efficient and they removed human casualties from the occupying side. Uh
1: so, well, so they they create and
0: assure safety. Yeah, sure. For the occupying forces, yeah.
1: All right. So so I I agree with you on that point. Uh and I think largely what you say is, is true, and I don't know if what I'm saying is a distinction without a difference, um, but for me it's it's the role that emotion plays in freedom. And and that that sort of old bromide that Brent Franklin is is credited with, you know, the the freedom and security, liberty and security. And and for me it's the idea of, of how does emotion play into providing us freedom and what what cost freedom? Because I agree with you because I agree with you as far as how you characterize how the pacification of Ter- Tehran works. But does it work for those people as far as what we consider freedom? To? Well, sure. Let's, here's I think the movie's point on that.
0: Once that they lower Murphy's dopamine levels so that he's not going to go off the reservation as it were and try to chase down his own murder, pursue his own ev- agenda. Once they do that and he's out there just heading off murders and solving them and not solving them but, but catching perpetrators, they point out that crime lowers in Detroit like 80% and people are cheering him on. Once freedom has been taken out of the equation for him, the movie seems to imply that he's very, very effective, this one guy at lowering crime in Detroit. And furthermore, nobody in Detroit is feeling oppressed by him. They don't make it seem like a dark, foreboding, dystopian thing. You know, when the guy says, imagine if we have 10 people out there at that point in the movie, it seemed to me like I that would be a good idea. Ugh. No? Trump. I mean it, again, yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm right. not talking about me, I'm talking about the movie's perspective. Is that not what the movie is telling right, us right, right, at right, that right, point?
1: Right, right.
0: Isn't the movie saying at that point, yes, an emotionless drone and the movie has already established that drones work best when emotion is removed from the equation, an emotionless drone is effective. Isn't that what the movie is saying? That that's the best way to lower crime in Detroit. And again, Dependent. if I'm wrong, I would but, love to know it. Are they but feeling I think not them- impressed by that? The movie doesn't show us if they are. I mean, if if, if, or if, if, you, want to, if you want to deduce that. No, they're cheering him on. There are people mm-hmm. on the side of the streets like cheering him on as he goes around on his motorcycle. But
2: people just cheer robots. People stand in line to, to tackle at Shia LaBeouf. Well, now but you're she, talking about... Your how- Jay.
0: Okay, but there's no evidence in the movie that he is introducing any form of oppression or fear
2: but into... Detroit. T- he, The guys who murdered him are... Like, he doesn't go after them initially. He doesn't exactly. go after... Instead, he goes corporate. after lowering crime and raising the quality of life. He's lowering street crime, but he's not, he's not lowering corporate crime or, like, the guy is pulling the strings. That's not his job. The point I'm trying to make, Kelly Wan, is I think this movie but it's is a very hard.
0: low drone. Uh, and that, sure, but and I it's, think it's sort, sort of saying that, that it would work well in a, in a domestic capacity as well as a, a foreign uh, I don't
2: know if it's saying that.
0: Because RoboCop throws the monkey wrench into that shit pretty soon for that. Deduction, and that happens once he starts becoming emotional and pursuing his own agenda. Right.
2: Well, then they turn him emotionless, and then he goes, and then that doesn't work either. And then is that when people cheer him? No, he yeah. does when
0: he's emotionless. He he works as as I think. Am I am I off base here? Because Kelly thinks I'm off base. I'm I curious. think you're off base. Okay.
1: No, sure. no, no. But but I think that, but, that what I'm listening to you and what I'm trying to listen to you say is that is that the movie is saying that the the movie is pro drone, but you're not necessarily saying that's the best outcome. Uh, And what, what I'm saying is that I think that in the end, the movie is saying that's not the best outcome, even though that might be the best sort of results based type of way to handle this type of police work, but it might not be the best outcome for society. And I think that's why, and we haven't even talked about the overlaying television show, sort of uh, the Samuel Jackson thing where it's, it's freedom, 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 but, where in
0: the where in the movie does it say it's not the best outcome for society? Like, where does it show the darker side of efficient, emotionless drones?
1: I I think that the idea of what's going on with him and his family is the knife. I think, and the knife too. That's actually yeah. not a bad way to look at it because the the kid running out with a knife, it might very well be a very good way to pacify Tehran. But it's clear it's, from the faces of those people that. This is they're a joint that is going to explode at some point or another, and it's – those people are all horror, in, in horror. They hate it. And, and it's, so, it's a shitload of resources. And waste. so this, this child, Naveed, runs down with a knife and gets blown right. up. So, so yes. Well, they're, they're, okay. So the, real quick, drone. I
0: just want to point out that's different. That is a, a country that has been <laughs> occupied by the United States. I'm saying that if you're going to occupy – whether right. or not you think it's a good idea to occupy a country is immaterial. The, the point it's there is it. that the drones – ensure security now let's apply right, that right, 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 let's right. apply that to the united states to a domestic program i don't see that the movie is showing us there's a darker side to this and dingus when you say that you think maybe it, the movie is implying that's not good for society i agree it's not good for alex murphy but is there anything in the movie that implies that this is not a good way to run a police force that the dreyfus act which they so been revealing what what no, no, no. Again, we're not talking about police. That's another thing: is the police corruption. That's a subplot, and it's a, right. You know, but but this Dreyfus Act. There's this idea that America is robophobic, and the Dreyfus Act has been passed to say there will not be drone police in the United States. I'm kind of thinking, and I, again, I would love to. I would love for you guys to point out where in the movie this is. That this is a movie where that's not necessarily a good idea. Senator
1: is not
2: drone friendly, though. Okay.
1: No, no, I, be- I believe that the the point is the what's going on with his family is extrapolated on a country level. The way that what's going on in Tehran is extrapolated on a global level. I think those, those are,
0: are those are ana- an-
1: analogous. What's going on with who, with Alex Murphy's family? Yeah. But yeah, I think that that's the the
0: thing is that if it was just a robot it was what I'm saying, if it was just a drone, because Alex Murphy is not a drone, they've put a person in there. If it was just the Ed 209s and the Ed 208s or whatever, uh, if if the Dreyfus Act didn't prevent that and it was just those robots doing what Alex Murphy did when his dopamine level was dropped, when he was basically a robot and there was no free will involved, then things would be better. Crime would drop. And it's just the crazy robophobic people that are keeping law enforcement from being efficient.
1: No, okay. I, no, I, I think those are analogs. I, I think that what's going on with the the, dr- the drones, as you say, or the at the end to an eye the, shooting the the kid or the father who has no is a zombie to his son. I think those. I think that's what's. I think that's what the movie is saying is that in the rest of the world we can push our will and and throw drones and and bomb any village we want in afghanistan if we do that in this country this is what's going to happen we're going to start with a familial level and this is what i'm going to show you and this will extrapolate out into our country as well
0: how would though because it if there's a drone involved, those Ed two oh nines and those Ed two eights don't have families though. Like there's yes, no
1: that's exactly the point. They don't have any emotion. That's the right. point of the the movie is, is emotion versus freedom. I mean and how does do the emotion
0: coincide? okay and doesn't the emotion though make it, you less efficient? By you can't play the guitar correctly, you don't know uh, you would hesitate that, that, to shoot. That's the
1: not what happens in that scene, because that man says, I cannot play this gu- I cannot play music. Without my emotion. That's what he's saying. What, yeah. what, what, doc, what the doctor is saying to him is that the music isn't in your hands, it's in your mind. Don't get too emotional or you're going to ruin the chemistry and you're going to break the system. And the guy says, I can't play it without emotion. Right,
0: right. Emotions right. are in his mind. But that, too. Again, again, I don't think, would you equate law enforcement and music, though? I would not.
2: <laughs> dude lot, the senators uh we're supposed to senator he's against the drones right, right. uh the public's against the drones uh the villains are for the drones sam jackson's for the drones Wait, the villains, i don't think the drones what villains michael keaton is he, oh, oh, oh he's
0: Right, Michael. Well, he runs. The drone. he, right. He runs a drone company. Of and
2: right. and Sam Jackson, I think, is supposed to be a villain in that guy's pocket, and he's totally right. for the drones and things. Yeah, clearly Samuel
0: L. Fucked. Jackson. I mean, that I think is the best case for the movie being anti-drone. Is that Samuel Jackson is clearly a parody. I mean, the fact that he's named Pat. Novak, he's, he's a combination of Pat Buchanan and Robert Novak. He's clearly a parody of, of right wing. And Bill O'Reilly. Right, exactly. I think that's – and the fact that he's pro-drone, I think is the best case you could say that the movie is – Is not. But <laughs> I don't – I didn't get that. I mean I, I really think that the rules of the movie, that the, the statement of the movie, where it's inadvertent or not – the United States would be better off if they just let robots run law enforcement. If they just let drone programs do what Robocop was doing when he didn't have emotion, that that crime would be reduced and the U.S. would be better off and and cops would not be getting killed. Uh, And I just thought that that was an odd point to make. You guys think it wasn't making that point, and that's fine. But if it was making that point, I think it's a little odd. Uh, And I, by the way, don't necessarily – like I – I'm oddly enough personally I'm kind of pro drone. I mean I I think that dude what you, you don't <laughs> think they torture the fish at SeaWorld you're pro drone. You the, the problem with lost. drones I know I do think that the problem with drones is that people do feel that if you emotionally distance someone from killing they will kill more readily. But sure. the history of warfare is all about increasing the reach of weaponry. And, sure. the, and therefore, the distance and therefore safety of the person wielding the right. weapon. I mean, that's I, just I, You know, I,
1: I, don't, I think I think we need to, to move away from the, the word drones because this movie is not about drones. It's about right. robots. Right. I mean, the, yeah. the, the the drone issue is a different thing. I mean, we had a couple of, of of pictures of drones, but that's a different thing. That that's not what this movie. This, this yeah. movie is about robots. It's not about humans controlling robots. It's about robots It uses what it right. needs. Well, we don't it. have robots,
0: so there's no. You can't really make. Right, there, there, there's That's no equivalent right. to robots in modern society. <laughs> so okay, okay. It's, it's about drones, but clearly, I think it's a, it's it's tapping into ideas about drone warfare, which are the closest that we have to robots. Is okay. that and 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 Ding, as you say, you know the difference between drones and robots. There's there's definitely a point with weaponry where it does a, a guided missile is a robot, and it uses a series of rules. It makes decisions about what to attack. uh You, you know. We, we may not have actual robots that walk around and say, I am a robot. But, but a lot of contemporary <laughs> warfare next month. really is about taking the decision-making process out of human hands. Uh, and, and, and okay, I don't
3: yeah, think yeah, like yeah, yeah I agree, honest. but yeah.
0: that that's not drone warfare. Correct, but drone warfare does – tap into a lot of the same issues this idea that if you distance a human being from the decisions involved in killing that it somehow makes killing easier and that it somehow makes us less responsible about killing
2: well it makes the it makes the the victims more pissed off i would think
0: i think that anybody i think think if you're an occupied country and and
2: robots are marching up and down your streets
0: (laughs) it's even more annoying you should make them more colorful and friendly looking i will i will grant you that kelly wand
2: Because that kid wasn't going to – that kid was only going to knife a robot. He didn't go for the army dudes that are controlling the robots. He's like, fuck you, robot. (laughs) And that's who I relate to.
0: But at any rate, whatever was going on, it was complex enough. Like it it
2: wasn't a simple thing. Uh, It it made me – But the ending was so muddled. That's why we're arguing. It's like we don't – you're only – you're making a case, and you've admitted there are cases against your case or points against it. Well, not not good ones, so Not strong ones. So there. (laughs) (laughs) So when you said strongest, you bet of all your weak, stupid points, like every villain in the movie being opposed to
0: Uh, the Samuel Jackson caricature is not a very strong case to make for the you think he's just there for laughs. Um, and to be bleeped, because that's the family activity. Well, I think it's one of the closest I, – I almost wonder if he's there out of a sense of obligation to Paul Verhoeven's Robocop. Like we need some kind of over-the-top social satire uh, yes. to really be a Robocop. They're
2: getting it both ways. They get, have to kick. Yes, he's making a point, and it's hilarious to seem bleeped.
0: Well, I thought their mayor was a nod to Rob Ford. I mean, I don't know if that – like I looked at that guy, <laughs> the cast as the mayor, and I'm like, why would you cast – oh, it's a Rob Ford reference because that guy is not your typical mayor actor in
2: a movie. Uh, That's funny. I didn't even think that. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: uh, uh, All right. So at any rate, uh, ambitious and maybe muddled uh, as far as the points
2: it was making um, – but uh, you know, like uh, I like the accent too. So i be either zero for two, and you're two for two. <laughs> the movie's a forty percent, and there's another point against you, Mister Math, isn't it? Wan, how did you feel about Jackie Earl Haley? I do, or maybe Cornish with him watching. <laughs> he was controlling the box. How about Gary Oldman? Were you okay with him? Um, Can I just say I loved him?
1: Gary I really Oldman? loved him. Yeah. yeah. Remember the little dance he did? There's a lot of little Dark Knight touches in this, and one of the Dark Knight touches I loved is that Gary Oldman isn't playing that normal bad guy screaming. Right, right. Um, he was playing a Stinker
0: Taylor guy a little bit. No, it's so nice when he settles down, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It, it really is. And when, he's like, and when he's talking to him and trying to get him to settle down, I mean, there's a lot of those little yeah. touches. I loved the Frank Sinatra thing. I loved Gary Oldman in yeah. that scene with him. Uh, I thought Gary Oldman was fantastic in this movie. Yep. I'm with you there.
0: I mean, I thought the cast overall, I, I was a little... I, I kind of wish they'd maybe cast someone other than Abby Cornish, but otherwise, I, I was really happy with the whole cast. Um, overall, just uh, scene after scene was just actors just I, I thought just perfectly cast, doing exactly what they should do. Uh, even if they were kind of simple, like the Jackie Earl Haley character, um, I, I like the casting this a lot. I like Jennifer- Jackie Earl Haley always. Usually, yeah. Jennifer L. Ellie Aley, whatever. She's girly in it. Nah, but she's in it enough and she's adding enough the of conscience. her own. Well, not con, No, she's the legal department. She's adding enough of, of her own kind of, uh, she, she's got this this sharp, intelligent efficiency to her uh, that she's adding to the scenes. Um, she's a nice counterpart to the goofy, crazy stuff. I mean, Michael Keaton, whatever. it It's fine yeah. that, that that's what, he's her, the villain. He's gonna be a little silly but she's adding a nice counterbalance to what he's doing. Um, you know, Jay Berno is a delight to see. I just loved the cast in this overall. think it's any weak points for you? Uh,
1: other than Abby Cornish, no, but th- th- that's not. I mean, it's kind of a. He has, like the kid? Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. All right. he's but fine. I'm a su- I was a sucker for that when. I mean, I. I I fell apart when he does. I mean, they even did a little bit of a thing, and I don't know if I don't know if that's just my imagination, but when he's walking into the room and goes down on his knee, it seemed like the animation kind of slowed a little bit. There was this weird, different le- layer of I, I love the I love the the, uh, the the CG in this, and when he when he kneels down and when he's dealing with his kid, and uh, I I mean, this is part of what what Kinnaman is doing anyway but yeah. I, I, th- I thought that little kid was perfect he was fine Yep. there you go Kelly Wand you
2: can uh, still have sex with the wife though right <laughs> Kelly Wand that kid is not going to do that no.
0: uh, and and you know, <laughs> a lot of props too for. so Dingus you referenced before how the two Robocops were revealed in the different movies of course that's a famous scene from the original Robocops I had no idea that this was coming and I'm glad it wasn't spoiled in the trailer uh the fact that he was basically kind of a brain in a jar, I guess a face oh. on, a, on a helmet. Uh, holy cats. That scene was just amazing. And, and it made me, by the way, forgive any lack of blood squibs in the, the shootout scenes because that was incredibly dark and gruesome. Yeah. Uh, I loved yeah. that scene. What's with the eye, though? Why do they even make the eye the thing? I almost wish that they had scarred him up a little bit, but you just get yeah. the idea that there's just so much great medical technology at work that, amongst all the other great things they can do, is, you know, they can make his face look fine.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it, and why they bother to save one hand? I mean, I love... I know, that is so incredible, yeah. the hand floating there, and they have a, a
0: bracket for the one position yeah. where it sits. What a gruesome little touch. That was awesome.
2: Yeah, and it was probably for, the like, an actorly reason, or like, can we have... A, at least one thing.
1: Well, that's the was thing. I mean,
2: in in the original, once the mask comes off, it's because
1: you know, eventually Peter Weller has to has like, can I have my face in this at all? Yeah,
2: he hated wearing that fucking
1: thing. Well, here they make it too.
0: I don't recall. Yeah, I don't recall that there was it's the uh, – like here they make the, the – when the mask comes down, and again, that's one reason I'm disappointed they dropped this. But that's where he's going to lose his free will, and it's going to be just the, the combat algorithm taking over. Uh, but they had this rationale for why the, the hood ha- – the, the visor has to come down over his face. Um, Instead of just making eyes that can see different shit. Oh, guys. Well, it, it's protecting him from getting shot in the head by anything other than a fifty caliber bullet. What if
2: he gets shot in his human hand? And is that the hand? What's he used to... Hey, hey, Caliwad,
0: hold on. We're not ready for that stuff yet.
2: Uh, (laughs) They were both lungs, right? I wasn't... (laughs) Uh, What about the... uh, (laughs) The I I
0: really liked the scene. I liked the scene where he's... um, And again, there were smart touches in this, where he's zooming in on himself to prep himself for the... His wife to make sure that it doesn't show that it's bracketed where it's just his face. And even... The, the lack of delay bet- between him saying zoom in and the actual zoom happening, the okay. fact that you got the sense that it was mind-controlled, that it was completely wired to his brain, and that by the time he had finished saying zoom in, it was already starting to zoom in. Just the timing of that, and then when you find out why he's doing it, uh, and that phone call, which is, again, where I was wishing, ah, could we get someone other than Abby Cornish? Um, <laughs> but I loved that scene, just really smart, really heartfelt Kelly, Warren, you didn't fall for that scene?
2: Uh, no, but if you change me into a robot, maybe I'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. Warren. There
1: was this weird moment for me at the end of that call, because I do like exactly what you're saying, but when he hangs up on her after she's like talked about seeing him again, he does this weird <laughs> moment where he looks down, and I just thought, is he looking down?
2: Her, bo- her knobs? Is that what you're saying?
1: No. I thought, I thought just, like, she was talking about, like, when we get together again, and then oh, he has to hang up on her all biggest. of a sudden oh, And then he dude. looks down, and I'm just thinking, is he thinking about his manhood? I mean, it was just
2: this weird, sad, like, it's creepy moment. We should have heard a car horn honk.
3: One, two, three, me <laughs> you and me, got one, 80 degrees, and one, two, three, <laughs> be the
2: Jesus What's okay.
1: Jesus Am I speaking Chinese?
2: Kept throwing Tom's dick jokes and just Like, No, no, we gotta talk about that one other thing I
1: totally did not think that was China I thought that was Vietnam or
0: something uh, I, I do want a, a quick shout out to um, A friend of ours who showed us A uh, if you're if you're really hungering for a direct remake of of, of Verhoeven's RoboCop, uh, I encourage you to experience a little bit of the enthusiasm of some like-minded people at our RoboCopRemake It's a uh, it's a it's a crowdsourced project where several people did almost shot-for-shot interpretations of the original RoboCop. Uh, it's online. It's free to watch. Uh, it's very affectionate. They obviously care a lot about the Beerhoven one. Uh, for instance, the the scene where Murphy is dismembered by gunfire is a modern dance sequence. Um, so <laughs> go, to, go to version? our. Uh, there, well, Kelly Wand if. If you're worried about an R rating, this would not get an R rating. Our RoboCop would not get an R rating. It would get a hard NC-17 for reasons that I will leave you to discover when you get to the scene where uh, RoboCop saves the uh, the
2: rape victim. <laughs> there was nothing that good in the remake either. You have to admit that. Uh, no, I do not. Anatomy. <laughs>
1: Depends uh, what you mean by good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Diggas, did you watch uh, all of our Robocop
1: remake? Uh, I did not. I watched okay. some pieces of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Get it? So uh, there's that. Uh, so also, uh, yes, Kelly Wand.
2: I read a book this weekend called Rogue Moon in the, written in the 50s. And it was like a dude, they find like a monolith on the moon, and it just keeps killing people, and they can't figure out what's in it. So, But they conquer death. They make a machine, so they just keep sending up this dude over and over again to keep dying in it. And he's all, oh, yeah. And um, so that kind of spoiled me on Robocop.
1: (laughs) He's like, oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was mostly about he was trying to break up with his girlfriend at the same time.
0: Back in the 90s, Stuart Gordon made a movie about uh, basically it was Robot Jocks, right? Yes. And do you know Robot Jocks was originally called Robo Jocks? But there was legal shenanigans that entailed, and he was forced to change the name to Robot Jocks, and he has since then said... Uh, you should think of the T in robot as a silent T. Oh, <laughs> uh, very nice. I <laughs> How do you know about robot, robot
2: Jock? I didn't see it. Did you see it? I wanted yeah, to see it. Yeah, no, it's it really good. about that in Pacific Rim. Why would you see it? No, it's horrible. <laughs> Don't see That's what everybody says. Did you see True
0: Steel or whatever it was the other year? Oh, the, uh, the Steel Steel. Rock'em Sock'em was- Robot things with yeah. uh, Wolverine. Is it good? I didn't see that. Why would I see that? It's for kids. It's a kid's uh, movie.
2: Robocop 2. I remember it gets a really bad rap, and it was like Erwin Kershner's last movie. But I remember liking it at the time because it was kind of a Temple of Doom weird, creepy. Like, did that? Does that movie hold up, <laughs> or did it even hold up at the time? Well,
0: I haven't seen it recently,
2: but <laughs> but, I but you've see it. seen it, haven't
0: you? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think
2: RoboCop two or for that asshole is... kid was in it, and Tom Noonan.
1: I just remember one scene, and and I kept as I watched uh, Robo RoboCop. Uh, the tea is silent um, this week. I kept th- waiting for that guy to go, that thing's a killer. Uh, which, hap- which happens in the second movie, not in the first movie.
2: That old man gets off, too. The old, the, the villain of the first two Robocop movies, the Silver Shamrock guy. They never kill him. He's just like the guy with the suitcase in Half-Life. <laughs> you don't care? <laughs> also, uh, Tom, did you ever read the comic book uh, Frank Miller wrote after his Robocop scripts?
0: You you know, you can stop after, Tom, did you ever read the comic book? I can tell you the answer.
2: (laughs) Robocop versus Terminator. I read those. And Ah. I saw the title, I went, ugh, I scoffed. Who won? Robocop does, but it's like, it was a real versus. I'm like, fucking, because usually it's bullshit. Like, Freddy versus Jason, there's no reason why they're fighting, and there's no winner. But, like, Robocop fucking totally goes up against Terminator. All right, sure. You should read it. One point for Robocop. Don't pretend you're interested. <laughs> I guess you're not pretending. Speaking
0: of not interested, Kelly Wan, what's uh, this 3x3? Yes. Three three? Oh, it didn't grow
3: on you? <laughs>
0: Sometimes it grows on you. No, it's I no, okay. a fantastic 3x3, three three,
2: I'm sure. It's awesome.
0: Lots of Bragged awesome it, things it, to discover,
2: things to talk about. I, I thought of a good topic afterwards, so just you be aware. You should write these down. It's, Kelly
0: Wan, have you heard of a pencil and paper? <laughs> I did it. I typed it, though. <laughs> okay. Well, tell us, what is this week's topic?
2: But I typed it on a piece of paper I lost. I've lost the printer. You should save those.
0: <laughs> what do we got this week?
2: Um it was a really unpopular topic with the listeners as well. <laughs> they didn't go for it. I think next week next time next time I do I promise gonna be something that you'll want to do, or that'll be my goal. Oh I wanted to do this one. Well <laughs> You're not a good actor, and I think that's what happened <laughs> with Twister. a manly
0: handshake ensues
2: a manly (laughs) handshake
0: ensues
2: (laughs) right. this week's topic was three best oceans in movies Uh
0: oh in movies
2: uh, hold on
0: well I'll be introducing next week's 3x3 (laughs) no I'm not doing that boys that means I'm starting us off so my number three pick for a favorite ocean in a movie is Casey Affleck Mm. All right. There you go. Dingus, what is your number three pick? (laughs) You have no elaboration. Well, he's one of the oceans. I mean, that's of uh, – he is too. He's consistent. What
1: What number is he?
2: Did they have numbers? Wait, wait. Oceans are consistent was Tom's first adjective to describe a giant body of water. Continue.
1: (laughs) You didn't say
0: body of water. You said oceans. And Casey Affleck, who I didn't used to like. And as a matter of fact, when I saw the Oceans 11, 12, and 13 movies, uh, I I don't think I ever liked Casey Affleck. I should go back and watch them. Yeah. He's the one who's (laughs) like, what is this dude doing in there? He's in all of them, isn't he, Dinkus? Back me up on this. Which guy is in the first
2: one? What's his?
0: He's the one who's not Scott Kahn.
2: Scott Kahn's cons in Oceans Eleven.
0: See, they needed a lot of actors. Yeah, it takes you need a whole bunch of uh, you need at least eleven.
2: Um,
0: so, uh, and then of course, since then, you know, Casey Affleck I think has proven himself as the more capable Affleck brother.
2: Are your other two choices other uh, Oceans Eleven cast members? They are not. Fascinating, Tom. <laughs> All did right. This,
0: what is uh? What is your favorite? Well, did do you guys have a favorite from the Oceans Eleven? Is that among your three by threes?
2: I like Brad Pitt in the first one because mm-hmm. he was always eating. I thought that was funny. Okay, one who's a better actor, Casey Affleck or Brad Pitt? Brad mm. Pitt. I you him. only like him from what you Casey the only Casey Affleck movie you like. Okay, you like two Killer Inside Me, which we right. all liked, right? And one I haven't seen, which is uh, Assassination Trust James.
0: Uh, I like him I'm in. in forget it. I'm going to forget the name of it. It's something called like Out of the Furnace or Into the Furnace or Out of. But the- I didn't
2: like his thing with Damon and where they're in the desert called jerry i think didn't like it
0: so there's a movie called out of the furnace, of the furnace with furnace. christian bale and i don't like that movie but i did like what casey affleck was trying to do in that All right, so uh, there's two- another movie called um ain't them Bodies saints oh right i You're also do it, right? I, al- I also didn't like but i liked what casey affleck was doing in that uh i remember being hugely annoyed by him in a movie where he hooks up with um live tyler called oh it's called something like like Dopey Joe, or yeah, what's that called? <laughs> that's, a, that's a freed
2: kid Matthew <laughs> It's
0: something I saw at Sundance called something like like, uh, like Wimpy Bob, or what the heck was it called?
2: Diary of a Wimpy Joe.
0: No, it's called it, – he just plays this sad sack, and he ends up coaching a girl's basketball team. Uh, <laughs> And he hooks up with Liv Tyler, and he's totally like this this just Ushie. slubby slacker dude. She's like a the <laughs> principal's daughter or something. <laughs> Kelly She's Tom's Tom's just in marketing. Lonesome Jim. I just looked it up. There's a movie called Lonesome Jim that I that. hated when I saw it, and it's directed so. by Steve Buscemi. Uh, but now that I like Casey Affleck, I want to go back and watch it again, and maybe see if uh, did
2: you see Trees Lounge where. She plays an ice cream salesman and hooks up with uh, an under... Well,
0: that hooks up. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. It's, hooks up. It's called pedophiling. Really? Hooks
2: Pedophiles. Oh, it's like selling ice cream to her. It's like a popsicle. <laughs> I love when James Gum hooks up with... <laughs> oh, jeez. AC Affleck, huh? I see how it is. So anyway, that's my third favorite ocean. Philip Seymour Hoffman would vomit on you if he heard your... Lack of respect for the acting profession.
0: Casey, are you are
2: you denying that Casey Affleck is a great actor? Uh, yes, but also that this is a topic that were more often would have enjoyed, and you've shit all over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Kelly, Watt, I, it.
0: Kelly Watt, I'm it. Just, I am just getting started. I still have two more picks. <laughs>
2: I'm trying to think about the movies with Ocean
0: in the title. Dingus, what is your third favorite Ocean in a movie?
1: Uh, my third favorite Ocean in question here is The Central Pacific. All right, good. Kelly right, what's
0: your it's, Oh, It's it, also uh, – See, Kelly that's how this would go is – yeah, the
2: Central Pacific. That's my favorite. You, you, know, you know what? My next topic's going to be stupider just for this. You're all going to be punished.
1: <laughs> all right, <laughs> I'm happy to go with stupider. Just say the word that's stupider galaxy. and I'll go. All right, so it, it, you know, it also might be the western part of the northern Pacific ah. uh, since the, the ship that was waylaid was found in the Philippine Sea, but it was on its way between the island Leyte and Guam. <laughs>
2: Wait, this might be my number two.
1: What is it? Is
0: that really how you say that island's name, by the way? Leyte? It's not just late? I've never said that out
2: loud.
1: I've, n- I've never said it out loud either, okay. but I was just hoping for the best.
0: I can spell Wait. the hell out of it. I just can't say it.
3: Good.
1: Can I,
0: I do the it? sexiest thing? L-E-Y-T-E. That's exactly right,
2: yes. So can this I did my sexiest thing Dingus ever said. Go ahead. Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? What did that. What? For Conan. Okay, back to what you're saying.
1: So, 1,100 men went in the water. 316 men (laughs) came out. Sharks (laughs) took the rest. June the 29th, 1945. Anyway, we delivered the bomb. So, uh, my third favorite ocean is the Central Pacific. But that was oh right, doesn't even appear in the movie. But fair enough. Uh, Yep, it's a story in the movie. I'm not going to choose whatever ocean they were in. Who knows what that was? But I choose the Central Pacific from the story that. Quint tells in the movie Jaws. They were barely even
0: in the ocean when he shot that movie. There are scenes, it's ridiculous, where you can see that he makes people kneel down in the, in the like, basically <laughs> knee-deep water to make it look deeper. <laughs> I love that. I guess it's endearing <laughs> at this what point. What did we just see where,
1: where they? there was a rescue? in
0: Yes, uh, Legend of Hercules, <laughs> where Kellen Lutz rescues a woman from a crick.
1: All right. Uh, so yeah. From now on, I'll bring up Kellen Lutz instead of uh, that Taylor other guy Kitsch. you love from, Taylor Kitsch. All right. Kellen Lutz now. Wow. Right.
2: Tom right. flipped on Taylor Kitsch. This
0: I'm telling you, been see crazy Lone Survivor. Week. No, see Lone Survivor, and you'll, you, trust me. Trust
2: you're, me. You're so King here's pilot. the
0: thing, here's the thing about Lone Survivor. Yeah. Taylor Kitsch in Lone Survivor is better than Ben Foster. Whoa. Boom. I know, I know, right? Heck. <laughs> <laughs> And I That'll don't, happen, again, though. Again, I don't even like
2: Lone Survivor. I hated that movie. But Well, remember, Wet Cream for a Dream, it's like, good, Jared Leto, and a and uh, Yep, exactly. And
0: it's okay. the best thing ever. Kelly Wand, what is your number three favorite ocean? Now that this is your topic, I'm sure you've accorded it the amount of respect that we should carry for it. So why don't you inspire us by giving us your number three, three pick?
2: Yeah. Uh, the theme of my mm-hmm. choices ah. since- you chose to pick a theme, although I like Dingus' so far, because Dingus takes the shittiest garbage that I spew and turns it into gold every time. And what do you do, Tom? You fucking pun. Every time! you not supposed to be the video game player. No, no. It was a pun. You're better than that. Wait do you, I'm not where you hear my number two, but go ahead. I'm excited, and I'm excited by the very few listeners who deigned to put up with me. But my, the theme of my topic was oceans that taught us something. Mm. Mm. We, yeah, yeah. Absorb that, very deep, like an ocean. My okay. number three is the ocean in Jaws, but not the good one that Dingus is referring to, but just the, the ocean where they had to kneel down that you just made fun of. Because... <laughs> Look, you didn't notice that when you were seeing it through your closed eyes all those times, Tom. (laughs)
1: Like a a doll's closed eyes.
2: I hated RoboCop, the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, three, uh, I was going to say what I learned from Jaws, which obviously Tom did not, which was that staying on shore eliminates the possibility of shark mishaps. Well, wow. that's a great ocean. Changed my life because even though I was ever going to the beach anyway, I guess it didn't change my life. Even though it was super close, I didn't go to the beach. But after Jaws, I went. Eh, see, genius. Also, that real estate developers hadn't—they haven't cracked the shark issue yet. Like they're still like, ah, fucking shark. What do we do? We mm. gotta like lie to everybody. And then they had the same problem with polar guys seven years later. Mm. Polar guys problem. Sharks and polar guys, Tom. Mm.
1: Next on the Novak element, the shark issue.
2: The swimming pool was ocean-like in Poltergeist. Mm.
0: Kelly my number two favorite ocean <laughs> is the Oceans of Time that Gary Oldman crossed for Winona Ryder.
2: What movie?
1: Dracula. Oh, Dracula. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I, I, uh, damn. That's not the name of that movie.
2: He, Bram
0: Stoker's Dracula. But, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula.
2: It was Oceans of Blood, too, because he had to drink blood to live that long, I'm assuming. So when I
0: was thinking of this line, I, and it, I, it's a good thing that I Googled it before I went on, because I, it, until literally earlier this afternoon, I had this written down in my notes as, uh, as a line from Terminator, where Kyle Reese says, I've crossed oceans of time for you, Sarah Connor. Wait, so it's not a, even from the uh, fucking movie. Or... I know, I know. I got it. He said he does <laughs> have a line where he talks about, I crossed time for you, Sarah Connor. Wait, Reese says that? That's his, Yeah, Reece, Kyle Reese says, Reece says Reece that to so Sarah Connor. He doesn't talk like he's a soldier. He's a fucking no, movie. no, he says, I've crossed time for you, Sarah Connor. When he's Are you sure it wasn't Arnie? That, that sounds like something Arnie would say. Dingus, back me up on this. No, oceans right. of time, Sarah. No, he doesn't oh. say oceans. He just says, I've crossed time for you. Right? I know, I know. But I had in my notes, I misattributed I mis- I mis- it to the line from Terminator. And then as I was thinking, I better check on that. And I, I typed in, you know, oceans of time. And it's like, oh, Jesus, that's Gary Oldman, Dracula.
1: <laughs> You're weird, dude. <laughs> so you just went with that, whatever Google told you.
0: Well, then
2: it's not an ocean.
0: In Terminator, it wouldn't have in worked multiple three by yeah. three.
2: There's really only one ocean. We just call it five, six, whatever. Well, things. there are
0: apparently multiple oceans of time. There's not just one ocean of time, uh, there are multiple there?
2: oceans. Of when course, does when does stop and one start?
0: He doesn't say, I crossed an ocean of time, because that's, a, that's like a lot of time. He says,
2: Terminate. Dracula.
0: Kyle Reese doesn't say anything about oceans, Kelly Wand.
2: I know, but I like that you obviously – it's clearly that's <laughs> Kyle Reese's <laughs> life. He's that Oceans of Time guy, family handshake. I know him.
0: But Dracula has not crossed one ocean of time for Winona Ryder. He has crossed multiple oceans of time. So there's at least two. He crosses a real ocean, too. Yes, he does. He crosses he, – yeah, maybe he's crossed oceans or he's, he's crossed a an ocean true. and oceans of time for her.
2: He's the last crew member, just like the T-Rex in Lost World, just before it <laughs> fits in. Nobody has to drive the boat. It just <laughs> gets right up. where it's supposed to be. Hi huh, guys? Yep. How about that? Esferatu. Did he cross Oceans of Time? Well, he, he couldn't say anything. If so, he couldn't say it.
0: Same point. Same. Really like you. Dingus, what's your number two favorite ocean in a movie? All
1: right, here's a quote from it. There's a whole ocean of oil under our feet. No one can get it except me.
0: Well, obviously, uh, that's Armageddon. Is not or hard. King Kong, Charles Grodin. Uh, I think that the world's best deep core drillers would be able to get to that ocean of oil. Wait,
2: in Armageddon, did they go up to the a- asteroid to mine it for oil? Because that was their plot. There was their That's what they were good at, right? So that's why... Okay, why you, on, you
0: have tor- to put sh- the nuclear charge thing, a certain depth, into the asteroid. Why? If it's it full of oil.
2: Work. If
0: it's full of oil, you just throw a Molotov. Okay, at one, it. There's no oil in an asteroid. What? That's Tom. that's that's an urban legend.
2: There well, may be you know. no such thing as a circumference, but I think I know a thing or two about asteroids. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Played the game. So they're full of oil.
0: Interesting. <sighs> Except the monolith. Anyway, so Dingus's line—I don't know what it's from. If it's not Armageddon, I don't know.
2: Wait, what's the line again?
0: It's there's, there's oil. A, oceans there's of, a whole, oh, oh, I know what it is. There's a whole ocean of oil under our feet, and the place. Do I'm not the going voice. To do, that. do the voice, Dingus. I can do that. Kellywan, imagine that the world's greatest actor is saying that line.
2: Take what oceans are in your hand and take it out of my face. Is that another? Worst <laughs> Sherlock that... Holmes trailer line? ever.
0: All right, Midnight Run. Nope, it's there. Anna, it's got to be There Will Be Blood, where he's talking to the townspeople, right?
1: Right. It's There Will Be Blood, and it's the ocean of oil under our feet. There you go, Kellywan.
0: What
2: do you think of that? I'm just gonna name movies. <laughs>
1: No, I'm going to name Oceans, and it's the ocean of oil under our it's feet. It's
2: also, as in Tom's number two, an ocean of blood and oil. Ocean of time. Yeah, that's nice It's try. not called There Will Be Oil, even though there is. So that would be a spoiler.
1: So anyway, the character says there's a whole ocean of oil under our feet, and no one can get at it except me. And I, Kelly Wand, I just drunk your milkshake.
0: <laughs> wow, what do you think of that, Kelly Wand?
1: Uh, well, that explains the
0: chalky undertaste. Do you guys know the last line from There Will Be Blood? I'm finished. I love that. <laughs> uh, Tell me what's your number two pick for an ocean in a movie? It, the name of the novel that
2: that movie was based on was just called Oil! By Sinclair Lewis. Mm-hmm. Did you read it? No. Was it is, did...
0: Did I actually get the name. I thought I was screwing. Isn't it? Uh, who's? I confuse Upton. It's. Isn't it Upton? Upton Sinclair? Sinclair. Yeah. I get the mixed up too. I was making. I was trying to make a joke, and I might have accidentally gotten it right.
2: Sarah Val got the mixed up too. It's an easier one. Uh, but wait, the jungle didn't have an exclamation point after but it. But
0: Elmer Gantry did. Mm, see what didn't
2: what? <laughs>
1: Kelly, what's your number two? It had a, it, it had between Elmer and Gantry.
2: Elmer. What if 2001 had been 2001 exclamation point, a space odyssey? And it period. would have been 2010. My number two ocean is the bounty because it taught me that the Pacific makes Polynesian girls bronze enough to drive men insane. That's the 1780s.
1: So that's wh- – which ocean is it? The South I think it's Pacific.
2: Because it's blue. I think it's Pacific. Excellent. Oh, did you know the ancient Greeks had no word for blue? Mm, right. They had a lot of words for snow, though. I kill you, Rig it. Who's All right, two? the Pacific number and one.
0: Bounty. good. All right, my number one is. <laughs> so you guys have heard this, so then you haven't. We talked about this after the podcast uh, last week. If That's you haven't seen Escape out. Plan, I'm about to spoil it for you. Wait, is that the Arnie Stallone one? Yeah. So, so, Sylvester so Stallone plays a consultant who. <laughs> Gets thrown, he gets himself thrown in prison, and then he breaks out, and then he comes back and he says, "Here's how I did it. You guys should fix this. You know, here's the security."
2: Just like Manson and Clint Eastwood.
0: Um, So he gets the government comes up to him, and the government says, "We have a secret facility that we want to imprison you in this, and we want you to break out and tell us, you know, how to improve security there." And he's like, "Well, I don't know. It sounds a little shady, but yeah, I'll do it."
2: Was that his breakout role?
0: so, very good. So uh, they, <laughs> so the, the trick is they're gonna they're gonna just like do a sort of they're gonna grab him on the street. He's not gonna know when he's gonna be
2: imprisoned. There's here. no plan for that part.
0: But they 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 okay. insist. Sylvester Stallone's company insists. Okay, look, we're gonna let you do this job, but we're gonna put a tracker. We're gonna surgically implant a tracker in your body you so know. that in case something goes wrong, we can extract you. You know that's part of how this works. So they implant the tracker, and he's just walking down the street, and a van pulls up, and the dudes grab him, and it's on. You know, they're, they're going to they put a bag over his head, and they're going to take him to this prison. But while the van is di- driving down the street, they pry the little implanted tracker out of him with a knife. They, like, cut it out of him, and they throw it out of the van, and now nobody knows where they're taking Sylvester Stallone. And he realizes, it's rats, I got the tracker. Now I can't call for extraction. I'm definitely going to have to escape from this. So he gets put in this prison and it's some he doesn't know you know he gets drugged they 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 inject him with some sort of knockout and he comes to in a weird prison where it's a glass cube in a big open room and he's constantly under surveillance it's not like any normal prison and the warden is the evil Jim Cavasel and <laughs> and he discovers that Jim Cavasel has been reading the book that he wrote on how to make the most secure prison so now he's going to have to break out of this prison That that has been run by using his own rules for how not to let people break out of a prison, so he befriends Sylvester uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, who's also in prison, and they start doing. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes. Back up.
2: Yes. Is Schwarzenegger in prison for any reason, or is it just that's the Uh, first time? And he's playing himself. He's like story. Right. Kelly Watt, I don't know if you know this about
0: prison culture, but prisoners don't really talk about why they're there. Mm-hmm.
2: I know you got to shift someone on the first day, but only for co-ed prisons. Okay, go ahead. Well, in this And prison, they're all innocent, all of them. Right, exactly.
0: So in this prison where Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger are, they, they naturally hook up and they're going to help each other escape. They don't trust each other. They do trust each other. They don't trust <laughs> each other. It's a little back and forth. Um, and eventually, they start hatching more elaborate plans for how to get out of here, and it's uh, you know, how are we gonna escape from the evil Jim Caviezel? And you don't even they don't even know where they are, like they've been drugged and brought there. So the reveal in this movie is <laughs> I remember it. It's at one point uh, Sylvester Stallone figures out a way to crawl around in the ducts while Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> has been thrown in solitary confinement and he pretends to have a breakdown and he's crying and weeping and begging the evil Which Jim Caviezel. Schwarzenegger has he's to be do- playing acting. He's play acting, but it's Schwarzenegger just acting his little heart out, pretending to be – exactly. And he's just groveling and begging and throwing himself at Jim Caviezel's mercy and pretending that he's just completely been broken. And that gets everybody's attention. They're like, whoa, this guy, we didn't expect this from him. And that gives Sylvester Stallone time to crawl around in the ducks and get more information about where they are. So Sylvester Sloan's crawling around in the ducks, and he crawls in one duct, and then up another one, and then he climbs up a passage, and he opens a hatch, and here's the big reveal. The prison is in, and you're thinking, oh, what country are they going to be in? It's going to be in the middle of a desert. Uh, you know, is this going to be in the mountains somewhere? Is it going to be a snowy environment? Who knows? The big reveal, it's a ship in the middle of the ocean, so Plank even if does. he escapes, he's screwed. There's no way out of this, and then you know, naturally well, he gets out, but... I'll leave you to see the movie. So my favorite ocean is the ocean that... Is, whoa, whoa! Yes? Is the ocean that's revealed in the middle of Escape Plan. Yes, Kelly Wand. Any questions? You didn't tell the best part. how they find out where they are? Yeah. Okay, so... The first – what he's got to do is uh, figure out where in the world this which ship is, is. Exactly, which ocean they're in. And the way he does this is they steal the eyeglasses from another prisoner. And Sylvester Stallone is smart enough that with a pair of eyeglasses, he can make it into a sex tent. So he creates a, an improvised sex tent and then he you know, shimmies through the ducts and gets out and he – whatever you call it, shoot the stars or whatever you call it when you use a sex tent. And he finds out their coordinates. But then he comes back down into the prison and he says to Schwarzenegger, okay, I have our coordinates, but you know what? I don't know if we're in the North Hemisphere or the Southern Hemisphere, which even I know, if you can see the North Star – you're in the North Hemisphere. If you can't, you're in the southern Like if you know enough to make a sextant and look up at the stars, you know that it's a it's a trivial matter to look at the stars and tell which hemisphere you're in. Right. So that's no star in the south. Sylvester Stallone apparently didn't know this. No, the North Star is over the North Pole, so if you're below the equator, then the can't curvature of the Earth would block it. Yeah. So, but Sylvester Stallone didn't learn this part when he learned how to make a sextant. But what he did learn, and they say to him, "Well, gosh, you have our coordinates. You know, our latitude and our longitude." How are you going to find out whether we're in the southern or northern hemisphere? That's the hard part. That's the hard part. And Sylvester Stallone says, don't worry, I figured it out. The toilets in this prison, the water goes down counterclockwise.
2: (laughs) So we're in the southern hemisphere. He's a, That's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> That's why they always put toilets in captain's bridges on battleships now.
0: So they could tell whether or not they've strayed south or yeah. north of the equator. Well, I know that uh, – because I've, I've actually been – And all
2: sextants are made of glasses. <laughs> a,
0: a lot of uh, – at the equator, some people will do, like for tourist groups, this silly thing where they have a big old bowl and they pour water into it and they watch it swirl down one way and then they step supposedly on the other side of the equator and they pour the water in it, and it goes down the other way. And all they're doing is they're just tilting the bowl subtly to make the water go down one direction or the other. So that doesn't really work, that, the whirlpool. I've actually it. never seen this, but I have heard that there are people. It's that, bullshit? I, no, no, it doesn't work. It works for weather systems, like for big, for for large, slow-moving, uh, spinning things like hurricanes, it definitely works. But for something like a toilet, the effect of – it's called the Coriolis effect. It's imp, It's not strong enough – to affect water, to override things like the direction of the pipes or the way the water is flowing into the bowl. Yeah, the Coriolis effect has no bearing whatsoever on the direction that water goes down a sink or a toilet.
2: The- so you don't know what a circumference
0: is, but you know the Coriolis effect. I know what a circumference is, and I maintain the Earth does not have a circumference. It has infinite circumferences. So does
2: it have infinite hemispheres? It only has two. I uh, okay. <laughs> Do you remember right. in Tango and Cash, though? I like where this he is gets, going. He was in a prison with Kurt Russell instead of Arnie, and they had to break out. Yep. They they didn't have low-tech knives fucking up their high-tech computer chips. Seems like you should put the chip just deeper in.
0: I, I remember seeing that as a kid and being a little freaked out by the scene where they're both walking away from the cam- camera butt naked and seeing their butts. And then Sylvester Stallone says to Kurt Russell something about, you can stop sucking your stomach in. And as a kid thinking,
2: he's looking down.
0: Well, so as a kid thinking, why would someone suck his stomach in? I don't understand that.
2: <laughs> he wants to see his dick better. <laughs> on. Oh. Is
0: that what he's? Why what else would he ask? What's a, what's
1: a dick? What's d- oh damn it! With the dick.
2: Ah, uh, Tom would. <laughs> All right. So wait, wait. last take on oh. Cash thing. They escape. I remember where they have to like go down a cable or like shimmy down it, but it's raining really hard and. Cash is all, wait, don't we get electrocuted if uh, we're in water and we're touching electric cables? And Stallone goes, no, not at the same time. And then Cash is all, all right, and then they don't. But I always wondered if they just... So in that movie, also... Stallone wants to sell a... himself as a scientist. He really it's, does seem to yeah. be in
0: touch with science.
2: Right? Yeah. Rocky could have just been like Beautiful Mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Diggis, what is your number one favorite ocean in a movie?
1: <laughs> even, even Nick Fury knew how to do a sextant. He's just like, here's the sun coming up, then put it to the left. No, he pulled ah, a whole helicarrier <laughs> so you could just see the sun better. All right, here's a quote from my number one favorite ocean. Uh, Peter, I'm a man, and I have an ocean of testosterone flowing through my veins. I love you, man. Absolutely. So this is, uh, this is the moment <laughs> after he lets his dog... Uh, where Sydney lets his dog crap while jogging through Venice with Peter. And he, and some guy confronts him, and then, um, Jason Siegel acts crazy to the guy, and, and he says to Paul Rudd, uh, you know, I, I'm a man. I have an ocean of testosterone flowing through my veins. Society tells us to act civilized, but sometimes you gotta let it out. So, my f- number one favorite ocean is the ocean of testosterone.
0: Dingus, how did you remember that line? That's so
2: obscure. I googled it Same over your shoulder while you were googling your ocean line along the same line. I, I
1: just googled any word that has the word ocean.
2: Did you first think that line was from Dracula?
1: <laughs> I did. I thought it was about an ocean of blood flowing through my veins.
2: <laughs> I, know, I
1: know Kyle Reese has an ocean
2: of testosterone. So does
1: Arnie, ironically. I just oh, did you see? Thinking about oceans. What are you going to do? Kelly Wan to you- think about something. Next week, it'll be your favorite skin moments.
0: Dingus, do you think Kelly Wand has seen I Love You, Man? And if not, do you think he would like it?
1: Uh, I don't think he will, but I would rather him watch Role Models regardless. I like both of them. I've seen both. I, I like would. them.
0: Man. Oh, you've seen both? Wow. Dingus, Kelly Wand surprises
2: us sometimes, doesn't he? Paul Rudd's good. Paul Rudd movies are funny.
0: You should watch. see the one where he's uh, painting the line on the, the road in the forest with uh, Emil Hirsch. <laughs>
2: Is that Soul Survivor? I mean, one Survivor? What is that one called, Dingus? Jeez, oh, I can't even remember. It's but- David Gordon Green. Yeah. Oh, I should What's see it? it.
0: What's it called? No, you shouldn't see it. It's terrible. They're, they're the guys that are hired to paint. So there's been a forest fire, and they rebuild the road, and the road has been rebuilt through the forest. And they need to hire two guys to paint the yellow line, and it's Emil Hirsch and Paul Rudd. And it's basically them just in the woods working and camping and talking. It's like Jerry, but instead of a desert, it's a road that needs a yellow line.
2: It's, it's um, Prince something. Oh, Prince of Tides. No. Prince of Lines. Forest of Lines.
0: Oh, a- Avalanche. The place, beyond the, place Avalanche. beyond the lines. Prince
2: Avalanche. Prince, <laughs> Avalanche.
0: Prince, Avalanche. Prince Avalanche. Very good. A- sorry, Avalanche. I win. I win once again. That's the uh, third or fourth thing that I've won on this podcast. Congratulations. You guys know the next David Gordon Green movie is also a Nicolas Cage movie?
2: Oh. I know. Eh, you know. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> One's got to be good by the process of elimination. Speaking of one's got to be good. Oh, my number one. Thank you, Dinkus. And not speaking of that, probably. But in Perfect Storm, I like that ocean because it was kind of like the chick from The Grudge because it was just like fucking with everybody for its own amusement, like Stephen Crane said. What ocean is that? I don't know. I think it's New York. Well, what color what ocean? Color awesome. It's like dark uh, water colored. <laughs> that means it's the atlantic versus the pacific yeah
0: uh kelly why would you pick that and not uh the rogue wave in poseidon seriously that's
2: that's just the wave being cool not the whole body of water <laughs> okay but i didn't pick water world because um it felt more like that where you how you're saying jaws didn't feel like you got the sense the camera was just like barely cutting out of the way like, that atoll looked like it was sitting on something. They had, like, a steel fucking atoll. It's got to be, like, right off the coast of Oahu. Do, you remember say the, again. Oahu.
0: do you remember the reveal about a ship in Waterworld? A ship? Yep. It's like Escape Plan. Escape Plan has a reveal about a ship. There's a similar reveal about a ship in Waterworld. Oh, Just fine. That is not a ship. Yeah. Does either of you guys remember? No, what the ship is, though.
2: Oh, the uh, Exxon Valdez. Very still good. Thombers. Yeah. That was funny, right? Um, mm. Okay. It won't be funny now. <laughs> though, it's the PG-13 reboot, you guys will probably... Kelly one. what do the listeners have for their favorite notions? <laughs> they <laughs> seem to agree with you both that this is the worst, stupidest, dumbest piece of shit topic ever. Well, I wouldn't say that.
0: Um, Can I want anything
2: to get us to talk about escape
0: plan and Casey Affleck and I love you man and Jaws and uh, the topless chicks and the bounty? Uh, Come on, that's not there's there's plenty of good to be said about it.
2: What about the ocean that saved Sandra Bullock? And that is a lake. Yep, Paul Weimer like Havasu. Oh, I assume Master and Commander was off the table, he begins. You know what? I don't remember the ocean of that very well. And the books have, like, so displaced even my memory. Because a lot of stuff that happens in the movie doesn't happen in any of the books. So um, I don't remember anything except a storm. Okay, crickets. Number three for Paul Weimer: the storm t- – <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus. I'm just waiting for you to just go off on a tangent of Patrick O'Brien. <laughs>
2: uh i just went back to him i was kind of eyeballing sherlock holmes a little bit
0: Did you guys ready to go there kelly Wan, get that out of my face <laughs> see he's not into chicks do the line okay if you're not going to do oh, the lines get that with me,
2: face out of my mary magdalene <laughs> what's get that? what's in your hand out, out, of, out of my, my face, face. <laughs> that's my line why? Has anybody ever seen,
0: and not just you guys? I mean, anybody in general ever seen the second Sherlock Holmes movie? I don't think anyone ever saw that.
2: No, no, they the did.
0: Benedict Cumberbatch one came out, and just everyone's like, okay, never mind. Robert Downey Jr. Like
2: Holmes. Yeah. They didn't. He's a master of disguise, and he's isn't. He's not into chicks. They're like not. There's like one chick who owns him. Irene like, Adler. Chick, right. Yeah. She's in one story. And, I know, love
0: that. I love that. And she's totally naked all of, all through that scene. I love that scene in the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes. She is? Have you not seen the, the BBC I, Sherlock Holmes? It's oh. it, Well, I saw one episode of it. I go, that's good. But, uh, no, their interpretation of Irene Adler is awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, no, I want to see it. Because uh, I just reread that story, and it was pretty good. Yeah. They're ter- those go down really easy. They hold up. Anyway, um, so Paul Weimer's number three ocean. Paul Weimer, whose list makes me like your guys' is more... <laughs> Wow! Thank you, Paul. (laughs) Number three, the storm. I want to read it. I, you know, I feel bad for the listeners because I'm not a good reader alouder. So just be aware, this will always be this lame. The storm tossed world girdling. uh, This is the worst one. This is the worst thing I've ever had to read aloud. The storm tossed world girdling ocean of the planet Camino. That you and McGregor's Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi nearly winds up falling into an in attack of the clone. This is you just oh. reap you reap you reap the whirlwind.
0: Camino Caliwand.
2: Camino reading ensues.
0: Ah, Camino, <laughs> he said the planet name? There's so much spelled right. with a K, I believe, right? It's not Since like El Camino what? Real, it's like Camino with a K, right? Yeah, why do you know that? Because I know a lot, Kelly
2: Wand. I'm going uh, to bring... Yes commander, not interested. Camino. I have that in my forebrain at all times. Number two, the Ionian Sea. as <laughs> This one's almost as bad. As seen in the underwater retrieval of the lost ATAC device. I love what listeners remember the weirdest fucking... I, mean, I guess we all do it. But, the lost ATAC device off the coast of Greece by James Bond, parentheses, Roger Moore. In For Your Eyes Only. Number one, this one is for Kelly. Those were for you silent listeners, Tom and Dingus, (laughs) and audience. The South Pacific Ocean that Joe, Patricia, and the greatest luggage in the world are rejected to with the inclusion of Joe versus the volcano. Best regards, Paul Weimer. He's just uh, throwing me a bone out of pity. I get it. Sebastian Dunn, this podcast is my favorite part of my Monday walk to work. Two-hour walk, huh? Just got the ocean today, so here it is. <laughs> oh, just got the one ocean today, so here it is. But see, again, there really is the only one. Once upon a time in the West – oh, I'm sorry, the West, sorry. Once upon a time in the West, Pacific Ocean as depicted in Morton's painting. And if I may stretch the topic of it, the scene in life in particular does not even contain the painting of the Pacific Ocean – Particularly same thing happens when a dying Morton, evil train guy, is crawling towards a muddy little puddle as Frank launches over him, gun drawn, only for Frank to slowly reholster his pistol with smirk, knowing Morton's already fatally injured. So it isn't really an injury if he dies. This few seconds of film really communicates about the different kinds of evil there is in the world. The evil brought on by obsessive desire, like we see in Morton, or the more ugly evil that seems <laughs> like a birth defect, that's something more explainable as seen in Frank. See, very good.
0: Sebastian <laughs> gave this this topic way more thought
2: than you, Kelly Wand. He didn't. He forgot it was about an ocean. <laughs> we just talked about a scene with mud, which is a great scene, but you know. Uh, right. I, that, can I change my answer to the ocean
0: that the bird falls into in the last scene of Barton Fink?
2: Oh, that is a great That's ocean. A good one. Yeah. I like the Cloverfield ocean, too,
0: at the, uh, and the end. Yeah, Kelly Wan, just it, just the idea of something falling into the ocean triggered Kelly Wan's memory of Cloverfield. And that is it, that I is see. one of the things that Cloverfield oh. and Barton Fink have in common. Is that the, the very everywhere. last shot, something falls in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Our point. <laughs> wait, I had a better one. <laughs> Statue of Liberty, Planet of the Apes Ocean? Is that good? It's the, That's uh, a beach. Fuck. That's what I meant. All right. Thank God words play no role in my career. Alex Burns writes, My favorite ocean is, wait, here's a quote. Louisa, you have to make the clitoris your best friend. Tenok, what kind of friend is always hiding? It doesn't hide. The movie is... First off, the clitoris is a myth. I think we all know that. Uh, that's what Robocop teaches. The movie is E2 Mamama Tambien. Try not to sigh because it's a foreign movie, Kelly. Hmm. To teenage Tom. I didn't sigh. I just heard you making noise.
0: No, you've heard nothing from... I don't, I don't think there's anything sigh about... it. just
2: made a noise tone. You just gave yourself away again.
0: <laughs> E2 Mamama... Tambien is not, by the way, a foreign movie. It's an Alfonso Cuarón movie.
3: Yeah, Isn't it?
0: yeah, It's on it is. this continent. Did you guys know that Gravity is a British movie? What? That so must- it, it just won. This is a, uh, a brief tangent. It just won the BAFTA for best British film because Wait. I know because I think it was shot at Shepherdwood Studios, but uh. also because so much of the the CG work was done in I think in London and. In, in the UK somewhere. Uh, so it's, I don't think of it was a British
2: film. But apparently it's a it's technically a British movie. Except for that lame Eric Banya movie we saw. It seemed like most movies are better when they're made in England. It seemed like Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars Aliens. Was made there. Aliens would be a British movie then. Yeah.
0: Isn't that true? Alright, so we cut off one of the readers. What the movie what? is E 2
2: Mama mm-hmm. wait Mama who Who is this Alex Who is this? Alex Burns. Alex Burns. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Two teenage boys, a 30-something lovely lady, and an omniscient narrator embark on a fantastical, sexy journey full of metaphors. I haven't seen this movie. Should I, by the way? Dingus, I, I would say maybe not. Dingus, do you disagree? Really?
0: It's okay. It's fine. I mean, it's no it's – is it, is, it, is it
2: a minor Quran?
0: Well, it's uh, no indication of what he's going to end up doing. It's very much a, a small – I don't know if it's his first movie, but it's his first – big one, I guess. It's very much uh, uh, Gabriel Garcia of Bernal? Isn't that his name? I like him a lot. It's, um, it's, fine. it's
2: fine. Yeah, it's fine,
0: it's fine but fine. It's, yeah. it's no children of men.
2: Yeah. It's, it's no the fall. Well, what is? Uh, how pleasant it was that the beach they ventured to, Heaven's Mouth, actually exists. Honestly, one of the most breathtaking ocean landscapes I've seen. Maybe Mexico is this awesome. Too bad my adolescence wasn't. Hasta luego, Alex. See? Thank you, Alex. He got it. Yep. Yeah. He, he took the topic seriously. What do you two have to say for yourselves, including next week's topic? Well, runners-up for oceans? I gave up. Um,
1: my favorite ocean quote ever is from a play, sadly, and it's from The Crucible, and it's when John Proctor says, I will fall like an ocean on that court. Other than that, I don't have any other runners up. So you like the metaphorical... Oceans don't really fall, though.
0: Uh, Waves fall. He should have said... I would have rewritten that. that, Who's Crucible? Arthur Miller? I would have said Arthur...
1: Tell tell Arthur Miller. Yeah,
0: Arthur, you should probably change that line to I will fall on the court like a wave. Oh, God. Or I'll fall on the court... No, 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 I got it here. Arthur, I will fall on the court like a pile of bricks that aren't stacked very well. (laughs) That's what I think he should have gone with. I will
1: fall on you like a cinder block.
0: Like, a piano, like an anvil. Mm, like an anvil. Acme anvil. To a manly block falling ensues.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, are you guys ready for next week's 3x3? Oh, yeah. Top that one. All right, we saw Dallas Buyers Club last week, and uh, Dingus didn't like it, and he didn't like the direction. I did. And here's one of the things I liked in the direction. <laughs> There's a scene. So uh, the premise of Dallas Buyers Club is that uh, Matthew McConaughey finds out that he has AIDS, uh, and it's about him dealing with it. That's some of the best parts of the movie or his discovery and his coming to terms with it. Um, and there's a scene where he is uh, presumably in a church praying, and you just see him at this point. He's accepted that he's got AIDS, that he's going to, to die from it, that he's going to get the HIV virus. Uh, that's redundant. He's going to get the HIV, human, whatever. Isn't that like Rio Grande River to say HIV virus? Yes. ATM machine. It's, at any rate, so he's he, he's accepted that it's not a medical mistake, that he has been properly diagnosed, and that he that this is his condition, and he's he's coming to terms with it. He's apparently in a church, and he's praying, and he's lit by red candlelight, and he's talking to God in this scene. And the camera pulls back, and we discover he's not in a church; he's in a strip club. <laughs> uh, and I really it's like escape like- plan. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh,
0: oh wait, that was a
2: ship club, sorry, okay, go on the but I, I liked that, swimming.
0: I liked that scene, and I liked that reveal so uh I think we've done sermons before, best sermons, but what I want Did? are your are your uh, favorite uh prayers uh what? a prayer what yes guyllywand well go on well a, a prayer being you know you can. Define it loosely if you want, but of course, being the idea, a character addressing him or herself to something divine or something beyond uh, him or herself. You know, it doesn't have to be the strict liturgical definition of prayer you can be loose with this if you want uh but you know a prayer being a private conversation between a person and god generally uh there's a lot of opportunity here some movies use it well maybe some don't maybe there's some jokes about it that you like but uh i just want you and it it, by the way religion is not uh handled a lot of times movies just gloss over religion it's it's not uh, unless the movie is specifically about that, it's often not part of a character's identity. Um, so uh, this might be tough to find, um, but I appreciate when it's done well, and I'd like to know what you guys think. What are your favorite examples of prayer in a movie? Um, yes, Kelly so, Wan, did you have a question? Yes.
2: When Willie Ames is looking at Heather Thomas's rack and zapped, and he's all, man, I sure would like to crack that Jane nut. Mm-hmm. He's he praying for that or is he just wishing for it? Who is he having? has his hands clasped and he's kneeling. No,
0: like when in in uh in Aladdin when Jafar comes out of the little genie bottle and Aladdin makes his wishes that is not a prayer.
2: But he, that's a Muslim prayer, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Kelly, <laughs> do
0: you have any readings from Bayling's Be- blog for us this week?
2: Oh, I forgot to go to it. Oh, well. well I'll good. do it next week. Okay.
0: Uh, if you're interested, any of the listeners, it's officialbeiling.com. Uh, you can
2: uh, Hang on, just keep, them. keep up
0: with what, what she's doing, her observations about life. She posts photographs. Um has busy person. for a second. I'm going to it. Just like. uh, so next week, we will be seeing a movie.
2: <laughs> Trying to find a So line.
0: I get to exercise... My civic duty by voting this week. And I'm thrilled to be able to do it because Dingus really wants to see Pompeii, the Paul S. Anderson movie uh, about a Roman volcano. Kelly Wand, oh no, I have it backwards. Hold on. Kelly Wand wants to see Pompeii. Dingus wants to see the McGee movie from the director of This Means War, Three Days to Kill, starring uh, Kevin Costner. So, uh, what we are going to do next week is both movies. No, now, boom! you don't have to see both movies, Kelly Wand or Dingus Moronsky. Uh, you guys, I've nice. always deeply, deeply wanted to hear a Kelly Wand synopsis without having seen the movie. And I think I might try that. Kelly Wand would be okay with me trying that next week.
2: Wait, what? You I have see- to see both movies. No, no. Uh, you could true. see Pompeii. We could- you
0: know what? Let's not do that because I think then we couldn't talk about it. So never mind. Let's see. <laughs> I just had this idea that I could finally enjoy what it's like because I don't know what it's like to listen to Kelly Wan do a movie synopsis and not know what the movie is because I can't. It's got and to then be, not do the three days. But to it's go got off. to be baffling uh, and, and amusing, and you've got to wonder how much of that's really in the movie, how much of that is Kelly Wan. I've wondered that myself
2: because I always I don't write those for people who didn't see them. All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm
0: crossing the room. Here is a corridor. Crossing the room. This is the tail side. This is the head side. Heads we're seeing um, three days to kill. Tails we're seeing Pompeii. Of course, you guys can see either one. But as far as what we'll be discussing on the podcast next week, I'm flipping this coin. Fair enough.
2: Please be Pompeii. Please be Pompeii. Although it is that fucking Thomas Anderson, I don't like.
0: So what did I say? What? what oh god,
1: Tails is. The I already, hold on. Here we go. We, we always like Paul Anderson's movies. Why are you even wanting this, Kelly weirdo? That's not that guy. What did I say? Which one was Heads?
2: Uh, Which one is it?
0: It's Heads. I forgot what Heads is.
2: Uh, that's Pompeii.
0: Thing is, is he right or is he pranking us?
2: Oh, Jesus.
0: Okay, I'm going to do it again because I forgot what was what.
2: All right, re say what's what then.
0: Heads is Pompeii.
2: Heads is Pompeii. It's three days to kill. All right. Here we
0: go. It's in the air. It's flipped. What did I say? (laughs) Heads
2: is Pompeii. It's Tails. I was kidding. Tails was Pompeii the first time, so <laughs> obviously the gods <laughs> want us to see Pompeii. Because I think Pompeii is really going to suck. Uh, I don't think Paul Anderson uh, – Disaster movie, Opsis. Disaster movie, Opsis. Yeah. Fucking guns again. I just did gun jokes. I want to volcano jokes. Shouldn't, we, sh- volcano shouldn't jokes.
0: we honor <laughs> the coin, Kelly Wand?
2: Yeah, I guess we should. Is Costner the star of the other He's one? He's the
0: lead. So they're not making some young dude, some young – All right. Dude, Sam Worthington. So we're going
2: to – I've been able to do Costner since Jack Ryan. Like you're I have think to work it's on it. Just that one.
0: No, you're gonna have to work on it. I don't
2: like it. working on things.
0: Kelly, want I need you to look in the mirror and practice every morning when you shave. Just do your Kevin Costner in the mirror.
2: I don't shave that. <laughs>
0: uh.
2: All right. So next week we'll be seeing
0: Three Days to Kill, the new McGee movie. Uh, join us for that. Uh, if you have any picks for uses of prayer in a movie, uh, scenes that you really appreciate, uh, we'd love to hear about them. Send them to three by three at quarter to three That's the number three, the letter X, the number three at. You spell out quarter to three Follow us on. Uh, well, you know that's just me. That's uh, I, I tweet some, from time to time on at qt three. Uh, yeah, Are you we know.
2: supposed to. No, not really. You There's know a, You did a movie podcast with the director, and you didn't even. Plug I did.
0: That. I did a movie podcast with the director of a, a zombie movie called The Returned. Uh, Is that
2: based on the? Uh, it's not. No, it
0: has nothing to do with the French TV series. It doesn't. Because it
2: looked. I saw the last half, and I thought it's just like the French thing. Uh, it's not. No,
0: it's uh, it's more of a medical kind of drama. He actually, when I talked to him, he said one of his big influences was uh, Coma. If you, do you remember that movie? Wait a
2: minute. I think I saw that. Was this with Michelle, Sarah Michelle Gellar and oh, No. What was –
0: oh. What? The Returned. No, The Returned, I don't think you've seen it. The Returned is uh, about what if, what if people who have been cured of – who were zombies have been cured, but the drug that they need every day starts to come into short supply. Um, that's, that's the good. premise of The Returned. And uh, no one's famous in it. No one famous is in it. it was
2: a woman. Some guy was telling me about a story where the zombie thing is like a biological weapon that they use on prisoners because the prisoner, you, they can still sense what they're doing as zombies, so they're being punished by being horrified by their own actions. That's a movie? A cop. No, I think it's a short story. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. And I went. oh, I better sell Tom out at the end of a podcast. That sounds cool.
0: It's good to oh, know.
2: Shut up. Hey, you.
0: <laughs> as long as it's not written by Stephen King, I might read it. It's his son, I think. Oh, God. Or someone. <laughs>
2: Wait, uh, so, you don't you didn't like Joe Hill?
0: Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know anything about Joe Hill. I just know that Dingus owns a comic
2: book written by him. I started, it was kind of good. Lock and key. Yeah. Read Nose for A2. Give Tom Nose for a Give him fucking shaped Box. 20th Century Ghosts. You'll see. All right. I'm right on this one. You'll be really proud of me. Okay. All right, Tin Man.
0: <laughs> uh so <laughs> join us next week for Three Days to Kill and our three by three of uh instance instances of prayer in movies. I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by Christian Muronsky.
1: It's Christian
2: Muronsky. Nice try, Tell you what. After this music, I'm gonna read how Bay eats watermelon. <laughs> Maybe I should just start now no, you I Take it away, me what, is with it How I eat watermelon Wow, haha, <laughs> this is how I enjoy my watermelon So delicious feeling in the hot summer day It's like everything I do The touch, the sensitivity The simple pleasure and joy The test of the sweetness that's my fashion line would be, with a sense of touch to your body. Cookie every time before you do something new. This is her fortune cookies. Sign off. You do something new, you get scared. Just think of one thing. I only live once. Me, Bedling. And it is my time. Uh, I guess she eats cantaloupe too, but she. So that's good.
1: The non-threat you. totally stoned. <laughs> <laughs>